is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Hope you had a great weekend. Special happy Mother's Day to uh, all the moms out there. Hope you all had a great day yesterday. Holy smokes, do we have a big show coming up today on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you all with us. Uh, We will get to a disappointing weekend for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, The Winnipeg Ice steamrolling to begin round two. But uh, let's just say that uh, plenty of Jets topics on the program today, especially the firing and sudden availability of Barry Trotz on the NHL head coaching market. We'll get to all of that. Dave Poulin is going to join us coming up in a few minutes. Jeff Hamilton as well from the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, We'll talk Jets, but we'll also touch on what the heck is going on with the Canadian Football League and the PA. Doesn't sound too rosy right now between the two sides as uh, we get very dangerously close to training camps opening in the Canadian Football League. And um, Stephen Wino is going to join us as well, of course, covering the National Hockey League for the AP. We'll find out a little bit more about Barry Trotz being let go by the New York Islanders and maybe what he's hearing on some of the other teams, in addition to, assumedly, the Winnipeg Jets for the services of one of the top coaches in the National Hockey League. As we uh, bring Michael Remus in, a big shout-out to all the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada. Uh, let's get to it and welcome in Michael Remus before Dave Poulin joins us in a few minutes. Remo, what's going on? <laughs> how are you? How's your How's your day been so far? Sorry, I'm feeling good, Huss. Uh, what a weekend it was. Uh, what a morning. I don't think I've been that excited about a hockey move since I think the Jets acquired Paul Stasny. I looked at my phone. I got the TSN alert today and saw Trotz. Uh, was let go or relieved of his duties. And I screamed. Uh, I was like, whoa, whoa. Uh, thankfully, my wife and my son uh, weren't home. So otherwise, they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, nothing. And then I tried to explain to my wife the situation. I don't know if she, she got it as well as, as, well as uh, you know, I could have explained it. But uh, it's been a crazy morning. So very exciting stuff here. Well, I mean, let's get right to it because this is, I mean, I've said it a number of times. I know we talked with Ken a couple of weeks ago about the coaching search and, you know, who some of the names would be. And, you know, Barry Trotz would be the dream hire, hire I think, for certainly the majority of Winnipeg Jet fans. I mean, when you look at what this team needs, um, an established, respected leader, a guy that has earned and gotten buy-in from his players everywhere that he's been, and a man that absolutely demands the word that we've heard has been lacking with this Winnipeg Jets club for a long time, and that is accountability. Barry Trotz is at the top of the list. In addition, and I'll say this, I mean, I think a lot of people are gaga over Barry Trotz for a couple reasons. I mean, one, you know, the resume speaks for itself, the Stanley Cup ring, what he's been able to do even just recently with the New York Islanders before this disappointing season that's just passed. Um, You know, he's proven himself as one of the best hockey coaches in the world. That being said, all things being equal, if there's eight or nine teams in the National Hockey League vying for somebody's services, usually, you know, Winnipeg, I don't think would stand much of a chance, even given, you know, the money being the same, maybe the money even being more. 
obviously, Barry Trotz is a Manitoban, spends a lot of time back here, still has family here, I would imagine is intimately knowledgeable about many things happening with the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm sure would have some good contacts within True North all the way up to the right to the top of the organization. So there, I think, is far more hope when it comes to Barry Trotz potentially considering Winnipeg. But the bottom line, I'll say this, Remo, and we've talked a lot about what type of coach the Winnipeg Jets need going forward um, to move off of these last couple very disappointing seasons and make the most of this roster. And I got to tell you, Barry Trotz ticks off just about every single one of those boxes. And um, it might cost them more than they were initially budgeting, for a head coach, but if he will consider Winnipeg, I have to think that this organization needs to do everything they can to get Barry Trotz behind the bench because it would be as significant a move as we've seen at any point, I'd argue, over the course of the 11 seasons. And I think it would give True North management, Kevin Sheveldayoff, Mark Chipman, the best chance to quickly remedying the many things that have ailed this hockey club and um, you know, put them in a position next year to do many of the things that people hoped and many expected would happen this season. And that would be the Jets would be playing right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs, competing for a shot at the Cup. Yeah, I think the feeling around the Jets right now among the fan base, rightfully so, uh, pretty down after the year we just had. But a way to lift everyone's spirits would be to bring in Barry Trotz, and I think not just because he's Manitoban, he, he does check a lot of the boxes in terms of the type of coach that the Jets need, but I think, you know, the reason why we bring up all these guys, you know, like Carlisle, Arneal, these people, or Alain Vigneault, people who have ties to Manitoba or Winnipeg, because look, let's face it, this last winter, like, would you want to come here after what <laughs> we just went through? It was horrible. We had snow till a week ago. Thank it's, God the Islanders played here in November. Yeah, it finally just melted. So. And when you have a guy who already, you know, has ties here, I think that checks a box. Veteran coach who has experience, a track record of winning, a track record of squeezing, you know, more juice out of his teams than you think, uh, or sorry, the what the whole is better than the sum of the parts. You know, he's won a Jack Adams, won a Stanley Cup. This is like a top coach, but seem, you know, not only are Jets fans interested, I see Detroit uh, fans and media speculating now Vegas like oh could they fire DeBoer they're gonna fire in? DeBoer just to get him right and, now <laughs> and who uh Chicago I saw Chicago interested um Flyers I saw a name someone threw out there so every team maybe the Jets have some type of home ice advantage but for us it's fun to speculate and think what could be I mean you could put I mean he would be a national or not a national but a, a hero if he came to Winnipeg you'd have trots on the back of jerseys I think you have that like LeBron going home to bring a championship to Cleveland kind of kind of vibe. Yes, I, yes, I, maybe, I like it. Maybe I like I'm it. exaggerating here, but I think that is something that people are saying. Oh, I would buy season tickets if uh, they they had to. But you'd have to basically maybe, as you said, go a bit over the budget. I think you well, have uh, to write them a pretty big check, especially if all these teams are interested. To be perfectly honest, though, I think it would pay for itself almost immediately. Um, I, listen, it's no secret that this organization right now is, you know, doing things and fighting a battle that they've never had to do before. Keeping people on board with season tickets, maintaining the hope and the confidence of the group going forward that is running this team. Um, I would say that they're at a crucial situation, and this could be one of the biggest decisions that they've ever made in the history of Jets 2.0. And 
you know, considering all the angst and disappointment from this season, every all the people's legitimate concerns as to what's happening with that club in the locker room, moving forward, the personnel around, um, as well as a completely underwhelming season where despite some pretty, you know, gaudy point totals of a number of players, the team itself was broken. Barry Trotz could basically in one signing on the dotted line action, um, I think completely do a 180 with the confidence of most people in this hockey club and where they're going. Um, you know, hey, if he comes in, there'll be high expectations, and I'm sure that he would. Um, listen, he's not coming here if he doesn't think that he would have a chance to win, and I think there's a lot of great pieces on this club. But what you mentioned is interesting. I mean, he's done it all. I mean, Barry Trotz and Darren Drager has mentioned that, you know, he could be potentially interested in a management gig. But it would be special for a player or for an individual that has been, you know, proudly worn his Manitoba roots without his career, throughout his career, that has done so much behind the bench um, in the National Hockey League for what potentially could be his last run as a head coach coming back to where he's from and being the guy that, you know, not only salvages a situation, but hopefully could completely turn this thing around. And um, tell you what, I mean, I think he would have that opportunity to be a very popular figure wherever he goes. If Barry Trotz comes back and the Winnipeg Jets could sign him as the head coach of this hockey club, I mean, the potential for something special, I think, increases big time, but also the relationship between, much like you said, I mean, it's kind of funny. I never really thought about the LeBron analogy, Remo. And who knows, you know, I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Only one team wins the Stanley Cup. But to get this team back to contending, to get the bottom line, to get the most out of the talent in this locker room, he's at the top of the list. And in addition, there's a number of other factors um, around it with his connection to Manitoba that I think would make it an absolutely amazing fit if they could get it done. And as you mentioned, there's going to be lots of competition for his services, uh, but it is a unique situation with him being from here. I know he's always paid attention to the Winnipeg Jets, pulled the story before on the program, but Barry Trotz is a warm-up listener. Uh, would awesome, often check in to see what was going on in Winnipeg by listening to 1290 uh, in his office back in New York. I got a couple of people that were close to him saying that he enjoyed the show. So um, tell you what, it, 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 to me, it has to be all hands on deck in this organization. And if it doesn't work out, he doesn't want to go there. He's got a better offer or something like that. Then I guess you can live with yourself. But to me, he immediately shoots to a clear cut number one on this list um, for potential head coaches of the Winnipeg Jets. And as I said, the budget might need to be increased, but it'll be worth every single penny. And I think short term, in addition to long term. Yeah, the Jets are looking to win now. This seems like a guy who could come in. The Islanders were kind of toiling away, playing a run-and-gun style. He came in, he you know, gave them an identity. Um, you know, They started winning. They went to the conference final. Uh, he was in Nashville for so long. You know, Had successful teams over and over, seemingly always overachieving. Um, I mean, we were, we've been talking about Barry Trotz as an outside chance to become the Winnipeg Jets, you know, to even have the Jets would have a shot at getting him. Well, yeah, they're not going to fire him after one bad season, are they? I mean, look, they got to the conference final two years in a row. They had this crazy first month of the season where they were on the road. They had COVID, but uh, from listening to Lou Lamorello's um, press conference today, it seemed like, you know, they needed a, we'll talk to Stephen Wino later, later in the show, so stay tuned, but 
seemed like they needed a new voice. I'm not really sure. It seemed like you said they wanted to get better offensively from the defense position, which is interesting because they traded away Devon Taves last year, who's having a dynamite season in Colorado. Um, you just felt like they needed a new voice. Wouldn't really get into some of the reasoning, but... I don't know, I guess they just felt it was time to move on. I'm it's kind of shot. It's kind None of, of us care. None of us care what yeah. the reason is. Just the fact that he's available right now. I mean, that really <laughs> is the case. I mean, you know, maybe he wanted an extension, maybe he wanted more term past this final year of his deal. I mean, who knows? The bottom line is it doesn't much matter. Every team that does not have a coach right now or is potentially planning on making a move, every team's ears perked up when they found out that Barry Trotz yeah. was available today and uh and listen, I, I mean, it's quite clear, and we're going to get to a very interesting clip that speaks to some of the challenges that this Winnipeg Jets team has going forward. But, um, I, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise to many regular listeners or viewers, especially over the past couple of weeks of this program, listening to what's come out of the Winnipeg Jets locker room at the end of the season, knowing that there's a huge job at hand. Um, and it is going to in a lot of ways, probably make or break next season in this next bit of this window where guys like Connor Hellebuck are still under uh, under contract. And um, as I mentioned, the cost will be high, potentially exorbitant, uh, potentially far beyond what the Winnipeg Jets have paid in the past for coaches or were planning on doing it at this point. But I will make the argument here that as a cap team, Reem, um, you know, I would be more than happy, and I think the value of Barry Trotz getting paid an extra two or three million dollars, if you had to, and I'm not saying that this would be the case, but if you had to take that off of actual player salaries, I still think it would be money well spent. And from the organizational standpoint, just this summer, before the team even gets on the ice, it'll be money well spent, I think, with people maintaining their confidence, maintaining their tickets, being excited, being engaged, and being in for the upcoming season. Um, and to be honest, probably winning a few people back that maybe at this point are sort of deciding that they might go the other way. And make no mistake about it, that is absolutely imperative for this organization to do as well off the ice. Yeah, I, I, well said, Huss. And I think, you know, you talk about the reasons, you know, why he's no longer with the Islanders. And I see some people saying, you know, he didn't really play young players, which is something that, you know, we've heard criticism about the Jets coaching staff over the last couple of years. Again, I, I think you can, you don't really, it doesn't really matter. The track record is there. Stanley Cup champion, wi repeated winning teams, one bad season with, you know, stuff. We can make the, we can pull out the excuse train too many road games. Uh, you know, they had a COVID situation early. The best that thing about Barry matter. Trotz, though, yeah. is that he does not use those excuses. And I can remember, um, you know, probably a couple of years ago, right when we were in and listen, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to Paul Maurice, but I mean, we did almost had like a running joke on this show of the excuses that were rolled out by the coach and then by the players. And it was sort of a mantra of this team, time zones, travel, back to backs, all that stuff. Barry Trotz never talks about that stuff. It is just accepted as part of the game. Now, hey, granted, easier to do that in New York or in Washington where your travel isn't anywhere close to what the Winnipeg Jets is. But the bottom line is all of those things, if you spend time talking about them and leaning on them, in some ways they can become self-fulfilling prophecies. And I've always respected the way Barry Trotz handled his club in a no-nonsense uh, manner that all those other things are what they are. 
Your job is to go out there and give him 100% in the role that he's created. And this is a guy that took the New York Islanders, Reem, from the worst defensive team in the National Hockey League to the best team in his first season with the club. So the results speak for themselves. There'd be a lot of very happy Manitobans that have been big fans of Barry Trotz for his entire career if they've been able to make it happen. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, this is all just breaking this morning. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it with Hamilton and with Wino a little later on, as well as Dave Poulin coming up. But it's not a surprise at all that um, the show is packed today. People are fired up and everybody wants to know whether Barry Trotz might be a fit and could he potentially be that next coach of the Winnipeg Jets. It would be a slam dunk home run for True North and Sports and Entertainment if they could make it happen. But as we mentioned, there certainly will be other suitors for good reason. Yeah, as I said earlier, we had uh, Detroit, you know, possibly Vegas. You know, Bill Foley likes to make some big splashes there. Uh, Philly, uh, who else? You know, to some team in the playoffs. I've seen Toronto fans, oh, you know, if she doesn't work out this year, did they look to bring him in next year? So I think there could be a lot of competition. Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, you know, put out the most level-headed tweet about this. And I said, Scott, we're not, we're not here for rational thought. Just saying, <laughs> you know, like we all want to know right away, is he going to, is he going to come here? He said, but assuming he wants a coach, he's got one year left on his contract. Um, you know, the, Maybe we should temper our expectations on how you know, fast this is going to come and wait until you know maybe the first round is over, see what's available. Um, as like Scott, we don't we're not here for rational thought. We're here Please. for rampant, wild speculation, getting our hopes up. That is what we're here for. And welcome. Uh, I'm shocked to see so many people in chat. Although maybe I shouldn't be because our in we have it on our Instagram. The story. I mean, I'm not posting you know, every single coach firing on the Winnipeg sports talk, social medias, but this one, I mean, I, again, I said off the top, I looked at my phone and it was like, it was like the, the weeb gif is getting tossed around <laughs> in our mentions nonstop. Just like your reactions that, Oh my God, I can't believe they fired him. And like, maybe he could be the guy here to help the jets uh, get over the hump. Well, um, listen, there's obvious a lot of excitement and it uh, goes without saying if this and we've mentioned this many times in this program, if it ever came about that Barry Trotz is available, he would be the people's choice. I'd imagine he'd probably be the organization's choice and you'd hope that he'd be the player's choice as well. Um, but and this is something coming out of this weekend that we're going to play for you right now. Um, you know, a couple things. Um, number one, and we've spoken at length about what we've heard from Winnipeg Jets players and it was quite obvious that all has not been rosy probably for quite a while behind the scenes with that Winnipeg Jets team much of it has been about Mark Shifley um, Remo I'm not sure if you caught on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada Elliot Friedman reporting that Mark Shifley did not request a trade um, when he met with the club at the year end now I'll be honest I still think there might be some semantics involved uh, it might have been the agent or this might have been the agent realizing that his client has looked really bad over the last little while since that media uh, availability at the end of the final game of the regular season. And maybe this is a way to sort of float that into the insiders. The bottom line is, uh, I, I, you know, the more and more you hear 
uh, about this Winnipeg Jets team, you realize that there are significant changes that need to be made. And mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, a change like Barry Trotz would be at the top of the list. But I think any change right now that we're speaking about, any conversation starts with Mark Shifley, despite what we're hearing um, from one of the top and most respected insiders that um, who's ever talking to him is saying that uh, he didn't go right in and ask, for, ask to be traded yeah. from the Winnipeg Jets. I, I saw that Friedman report uh, during the game Saturday. And I watched it. He basically, came, you know, there wasn't anything more to it. I was, you know, going to grab a clip to post on social media. He basically said he didn't ask a trade. And we were joking all last week that it wasn't Shifley who asked for the trade, but it was his agent who asked for the trade. Or Shifley said, you know, he didn't actually say the direct words, trade me, but said, you know, maybe we best if we parted ways. So I don't know. I think it's pretty, I mean, we're all joking around here, but I think it's pretty clear that, you know, there were some issues or there have been issues with the Jets. Paul Stasny alluded to those. Elliot also did mention, you know, earlier in the week on Kenny and Rennie that a couple of Jets had asked it, you know, or you know, considered or something like that at the trade deadline. So there's been issues. I'm not saying, oh, the Mark Shifley situation is totally resolved after that report <laughs> over the weekend. That is not my thought at all. However, if they did bring a guy in like Barry Trotz, you know, maybe you could get buy-in from Mark Shafley and you wouldn't have to treat him because he's look, he just wanted to know the direction of the team Hus, I think we're all want to know the direction. Now, maybe was it weird for a guy who's got two years left in his deal to know that, you know, maybe, maybe not, but maybe he's just concerned about the state of the franchise. He didn't, maybe he didn't want to trade. It is entirely possible. Listen, I, uh, me personally, not buying it. And, um, and you know what? And let's get this to this, this clip. And we will talk Moose. Very disappointing weekend. I mean, they uh, dominated Milwaukee on the shot clock. Could not score. They're down two nothing. And the Winnipeg Ice steamrolling the Moose Jaw Warriors with a two nothing lead. But and this is get prick your ears up for this, folks. Um, I got to give a shout out shout out to Mitch and uh, folks. Pop over and uh, see Mitch's site at WinnipegHockeyTalk.com. Um, he's got a big piece today with a number of his thoughts on, but you know, Mitch stumbled upon a podcast involving a couple veteran NHLers, Tom Laidlaw and Ron Greshner. And their guest last week heading into the weekend was Winnipeg ice head coach, James Patrick. Um, what you're about to hear has nothing to do with the Winnipeg ice, but it is something that I'm sure many of you've heard in bar top conversations or speculation, but it hasn't really been out there publicly. Um, But I'll be honest, when Mitch sent this over to me yesterday, my jaw dropped when I heard just how frankly James Patrick spoke about what he'd been hearing here in Winnipeg about what's been happening to the Winnipeg Jets. So this is from the True Grit podcast. Uh, Tom Laidlaw does it. As I said, if you want to go for the link directly, Remus can pop it in the in the chat. And thanks again to Mitch for passing it on. Check out his site over at winnipeghockeytalk.com along with his thoughts about the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but the Jets came up. And in particular, the, uh, the leadership group of the Winnipeg Jets. And this is what Winnipeg Ice head coach James Patrick had to say with Laidlaw and Greshner on this True Grit podcast last week. I heard a lot of stories that there's a Shifley and uh, who's the other star guy there? Wheeler. 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 There's a little bit of an issue in the locker room. Is that huge? I think huge. Um, I think it's been uh, for five years here, it's been a divided dressing room. I'd have, I mean, the rumors out there in the city, some people know about it, but 
I'm talking from stuff I've heard from players. Um, Cody Eakin played there, got traded at a deadline. Uh, Hughes from uh, Hughes, who uh, signed in Philly. What's his name? Who played for the Rangers? Right. What was that? What's the guy's number? He's a center. He's a good player in Philly. Oh, the big kid. Uh, Hayes. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So he played for the Rangers, got traded to Winnipeg at the deadline. Was there for three months and then uh, right. signed with Philly. Both the uh, both those guys have said not the worst dressing room they'd ever been in. Oh, wow. Um, you know, two players are above the team. Two players, um, you know, half the players follow one side. Right. Um, you Is know, that, you look at you, and Paul Maurice was a coach who it shocked me. And I think exper- experienced coach who didn't solve that problem. Yeah. And um, that's kind of why he left, I heard, right? Because he just, listen, I can't coach these guys. Well, he said that. Yeah. In the conference, yeah? yeah. Yeah. They need a different voice. They're not listening to mine, is basically what he said. Uh, wow. <laughs> and listen, I guess I've got thoughts. I mean, those are not those are basically frank, honest comments. Like, you know, many of you have probably heard before, but to have those said, you know, with former NHLers on a podcast that is widely publicly available to people if they want to find it was, um, was essentially just more of the same bottom line is whoever the next head coach is. And I know many of us, myself included, have our fingers crossed that Barry Trotz could be that guy. There is a big, big job to do here. And it's not just on the head coach, but it's also on the general manager to get things cleared up going into the season. Give us your thoughts on what you just heard about that in the chat, or if you're watching afterwards, leave a comment. Make sure you're subscribed, by the way. Great to see so many people in here today for Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're here every day at 1 o'clock p.m. until about 3. The podcast available just in time for your drive home around 3.30. But whatever you do, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Join us here on a daily basis all over the biggest stories in Winnipeg sports, as well as some fun things happening around the world outside of the city and the province like the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, Dave Poulin's going to join us. We'll talk Barry Trotz with Pooley as well as the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. As we get into that, a big thanks to uh, and congratulations to our friends at Aikens Lake who are back out there getting ready to open up this season for what will be their biggest year ever. If uh, you're thinking about an incredible long overdue friends and family trip or a five-star corporate outing after the pandemic, there is limited availability. Find out more at AikensLake.com. And as well, if you've got a university student or two, tell them to check in on incredible jobs with amazing people for the entire summer out at Aikens Lake. Uh, Wallace and Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If you need the property, if you need the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter's done a number on your old one, they have you covered. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. Wallace and Wallace has the right fence for you. And they also have Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a call at 452-2700. The experts at Wallace will come and arrange a time to give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston. Uh, our gang at F Apparel is ready for the summer. Uh, had some friends get married on the weekend. And I know some other guys have taken advantage of that great deal where your entire wedding party will get 15% off your suits that you can then wear after the wedding down at F Apparel. And now's a great time to pop in and see Andrew and the gang. Over 250 new fabrics and styles for summer are in. Find out more at fapparel.com or pop down and see the fellas 
at 190 Smith Street downtown. And uh, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices, with an amazingly knowledgeable staff trained on these products for you. And the new website at myvita.ca, completely revamped, and you can shop shop on it, schedule what you want, and even schedule a delivery with Instacart. Pop down and see them. Make sure to check out that great Vita Health Grab-and-Go Deli featuring Vita sandwiches, soups, and salads. And you can do it at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest location in Linden Ridge. And, of course, they're online at myvita.ca. Jeff Hamilton coming up a little bit later on. More on the trots firing in New York with Stephen Wino of the AP. But right now... Let's get after on a Monday. Big guest to start off the week. It's Dave Poulin from TSN's Hockey Panel. Pooley, what's going on? How are you? Well, you're not in Vegas, I guess, anymore. So I don't think you're as good as you were last time I talked to you. But no, it's, it's spring here, just. We're almost in the middle of May. And, you know, playoffs start in the start of April. So that's when the warm weather is supposed to come. But maybe the warm weather didn't come to Toronto because they knew the playoffs weren't starting in the start of April. So I think it's trying to align itself. But it really feels right now in the middle of round one like we are in the playoffs. This is I'm watching the pressures. I'm watching the ebbs and flows. I'm watching everything happen. We're in the playoffs, Andrew, officially. No, we certainly are. This first round could be one of the greats of all time. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that we could be getting six, potentially seven, seven-game series. But we'll get to that in a minute. Dave, since we last spoke, the Jets season ended. Um, obviously, it was a disappointing year for Winnipeg. They did win their final four games. Um, but over the course of the last week or so, well, maybe the last two weeks, we heard a number of very interesting comments, and some would say, damning comments from a number of members of the Winnipeg Jets, um, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Paul Stastny. But the final day of the regular season, two people spoke, and we're still talking about it right now. Paul Stastny was some of the most damning comments I have ever heard from a National Hockey League player at the end of the season about teammates and the lack of respect for each other. And then a Mark Shifley media address that was in stark contrast to just about everybody else on the team, talking about himself, what he needs to hear about the future of the team going forward. I mean, that's just added sort of fuel to many fires about what has been wrong with this hockey club. I mean, I know you're talking about this and the National Hockey League with the guys. I mean, what, what do you make of the end of the Jets season and what we're hearing from some of the most important members of the hockey club publicly? Certainly disappointing to hear, but not a surprise in that this is a team with very high expectations and it was a very disappointing season so something has to give and what gave is a whole lot of individual comments on what each person thought was the issue now let's start with stasny that's a veteran player and and he's been there a couple of times and chose to come back and so you know that perspective is sort of an insider and an outsider versus someone who's only been in one locker room. And then, hey, listen, I love candor at the year-end meetings. I also never liked exit meetings. I didn't like them as a player. I didn't like them as a coach. And I didn't like them as a manager. And I talked to a veteran coach this week, and I said, how were your exit meetings? He goes, oh, they were just great. Every player knows exactly what he has to do over the summer. Every player is going to have a great summer. Every player is going to come back. 
and you know, and at the end, you just look at them and go, and what about last year? Like, did, did you think the same thing last year before summer started? And so I think it's a, it's a time where a great deal can be learned, but you also have to take it in the sense that the frustration, the disappointment, um, the anger, and hey, listen, I know comments were made by, by Mark Shifley about himself. Every player is thinking about himself. I mean, he's one who happened to mention it. Every single player is thinking about himself because that's what's going to happen. They know it's a business. They know that they're, you know, as likely um, to be in conversations as anybody else's because the team lost. You have to win to eliminate all this, Andrew. And every locker room has its issues. Winning locker rooms have their issues. And you don't hear about them because you can't talk like that when you win. You simply can't. And everybody will look at you like, well, you must be the problem because everything else is fine. It's not fine. And you have to continue to build. Um, I believe there's going to be a significant change in Winnipeg because the team hasn't won. And so if the key pieces aren't in place to win, then you have to make changes and you have to evaluate which key pieces are going to stay moving forward. Dave, I mean, we can talk about what the Jets did and didn't do on the ice this year, but I, it's pretty clear from what we've heard from players and, and certainly what seems to be coming out in the aftermath of the season that there has been, uh, it has been a less than ideal dressing room and there's major questions about the leadership group of this club for the last little while. From a perspective of, of a management, and you've been in management before, how important is that team dynamic? I mean, these are things that, you know, there's no charts for, there's no analytics for, but how important is that team dynamic? And if you do subscribe to the fact that the Jets have gone in a very poor direction in that way, how big of a job is it for the next head coach to come in and how difficult will it be to establish a new culture? Well, it has to be done. It's not just up to the head coach either. It's up to the players involved. And, and you know, management will have conversations with each player and they know a number of the players and they know them well. And I would expect those conversations to be incredibly candid. I mean, there, there's, it doesn't make any sense on either side, you know, a veteran player or management to pull any punches. I mean, you've got to be candid with what's going on and you've got to improve the situation. But I also think there are a lot of really good pieces in place and I think it can happen pretty quickly. And everyone talks about changing the culture and it, it starts with the players. It starts with a group of players and it starts with players that, that want to win and wants what's in the best interest of the team. And then by doing that, if you walk in the locker room, you have to assimilate, you have no choice. And I was a part of probably four or five really good locker rooms. And I say that you would say, well, you only played for three teams. Well, in Philly, I was a part of three different, very good locker rooms. And in Boston, I was a part of, of two very good locker rooms, distinctly different in the three and a half years. And in Washington, in my year and a half there, um, we got good for a, a small fraction of the time. And, and when I walked in, that was a very fractured locker room. So it's up to the individuals in the locker room to change it, to want to change it, but the coach steers the ship. And you don't just come in and put new signs up and say, oh, we got a new culture. You know, uh, we're going to read this word on the way out, or we're going to read this word on the way out. It's a lot of work. And it takes trust, and it takes honesty. And it, it starts right 
you know, at the forefront in the exit meetings when you you have to determine which players you want to be a part of it moving forward. And then the players too. I mean, they got to determine they want to be a part of it moving forward as well. Well, I, I, absolutely. And I mean, I think all, all of that uh, is very pertinent to what's happening here in Winnipeg. Uh, it will not surprise you in the least that social media in Winnipeg right now, every second tweet is mentioning the name Barry Trotz. Um, you know, about as good of a resume as there is right now amongst head coaches, one of the most respected names, and of course, a guy with Manitoba roots. Um, what, what, like, what is it that Barry Trotz does so well? And um, assuming that you think he would be a good fit, how impactful do you think that a Barry Trotz, if the Jets could possibly get him to sign and come here as a head coach, the difference that he could make going where they need to go, considering what's happened in the past few years with this hockey team? So there's a whole lot here. Let's start with the, with the Manitoba roots. Um, as you and I discussed briefly, he lists himself from Winnipeg. He's not from Winnipeg. He's from Dauphin. And you can't borrow Winnipeg on your resume. Now, the University of Winnipeg oh. might have something to do with it, but I always had this conversation with the Mahavlitches, and because they're from Schumacher. And you know, people say, well, they're from Timmins. They're from the suburbs. Donnie Lever's from South Porcupine. He's not from Timmins. And we always joked about it. And, and I know Trotz, and I actually looked at his hockey DB to make sure he was listed from Winnipeg. But naturally, when one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League becomes available, there's going to be conversation. And everyone would love to tie them, you know, themselves to Barry Trotz. And by the way, he was gifted to the Islanders. He won a Stanley Cup and wasn't renewed. And Lula Morello, like, gift package, here's your coach takes him to the conference finals a couple of times, has the most disjointed year of any team this year by starting the first month plus on the road because of the building. Um, goes through the same COVID stuff as everybody else does, but that on top of being on the road for the first month of the season, and then gets fired. In the trade deadline, there wasn't a single question asked of me about, well, what about the Islanders? Because for me, it was the trust that people have in both Lou and Barry Trotz. And the only thing they did at the, at the trade deadline was, was um, sign extensions for Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parisi. That's it. And so I was really surprised by the news today. Um, something happened and whether it was, I, I can't think it was based on what has happened. I have to think it was based on what was going to happen. And, and I say that, you, I, I, I don't think you can fault Trotz with coming in and taking the worst defensive team in the league and making them the best defensive team in the league, basically without changing virtually any personnel, just coaching them. And so I think it must have been about future direction. I don't know that, but just from the seat I sit in, why would you remove a coach who's won there with a, you know, with a roster that didn't overwhelm? and yet got to the final four the last two years. So the availability won't just, you know, have piqued the interest of Winnipeg Jets fans or um, it's piqued the interest of a lot of people. Now, Darren Drager has reported that, um, that Barry may have some interest, or sources say Barry may have some interest in the management side of things. Um, he still has a year left in his contract, so that would have to be dealt with. But when a, play, when a, when a manager like that, coach like that becomes available, Boy, oh boy, of course. You know, who knows, Andrew? Like, so I have five job openings right now. 
And I have another five where they're either interim or, you know, something could happen. There could be as many as 10 clubs in the National Hockey League who currently have an interim coach. But I say that about Montreal. Montreal is going to keep the guy to have, obviously. So somewhere between five and eight teams probably are looking or maybe looking for coaches. So Barry Trotz, you know, all of a sudden just just jumped up near the top of that list. Well, and one of the things that we heard consistently from players over the last month, Dave, when talking about this lost season, was that there was a lack of buy-in on a number of members of the club and there was no a real lack of accountability. Those two seem, seemed like almost the, uh, the hallmark of what Barry Trotz does on day one. Um, just your thoughts on him as a coach and, you know, what, what he, the impact that he could have on a team like the Winnipeg Jets. I've always liked him as a coach. He was our minor league coach when I played in Washington. He was coach of Maine at that time, Portland. And uh, so I knew him a little bit from then, but not a lot. He was a young coach, pretty close to my age, I think. And uh, just a young coach who was, who was making his way. And then I watched with interest as David Poyle left there and he became the first hire in Nashville. Um, loved the way Nashville teams played. Always thought they were undermanned and that he got a great deal out of what he had. And never quite got to coach the team. And then when he, when he got to Washington, um, he, that was a team that had not had a lot of success under some pretty good coaches. He managed to figure out that puzzle and took them to the ultimate place, you know, with a guy that a lot of people said you couldn't win with, and that was Alexander Ovechkin. And there was so much talk about Washington's locker room over the years and, you know, and the Ovechkin factor. And um, I just think, he does put the structure in place. He he's demanding, but I think above all, he's fair and honest with you. And you know, anybody that's played for him will tell you that he's straight up and doesn't sugarcoat things, tells you what he needs and tells you what he expects and then demands it of you. And, and maybe most importantly, makes you demand it of yourself. Because as I've said, it's got to come down to the locker room. It's got to come down to the guys in the locker room because the most important time for a coach, I believe, are the two minutes after he walks out of a locker room. He goes, the coaches are gone, what's the next thing said, and who says it? And that'll tell you the direction a hockey team's going in. And if whatever he said is reinforced, and it's reinforced by the key people, then that becomes the norm. And if what he said is questioned by anyone after he leaves the locker room, then you've got a problem in the locker room. Unless it's a healthy question and and it's meant for conversation. Dave Poulin with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Just before we get to the playoffs, Dave, I mean, considering everything we know about the Winnipeg Jets, the things that, you know, were issues for them this year. I mean, trots aside, when you, you know, if you had your management hat on, what type of coach makes the most sense for this team next season? Well, you know, I... I always kept a piece of paper in my top left drawer. And I think I've mentioned this before and I always had names on it. And, and I, there were names of guys I liked, but the names moved around according to what I thought my team was like at that point. And, you know, I, I had the chance to be involved in the hiring of a couple of coaches and, um, you know, and, and went through the process, but it, it really depends on where your organization or your team is. I think right now this team probably demands a pretty veteran guy. And, you know, and, and hey, there are some good young coaches out there, but I think for the curve they're at, I think they're further along. This isn't a team that, you know, I think about, I'm asked about Detroit. Well, 
the last time Stevie Eisman had a decision like this with a young team like this, his choice was John Cooper, who he literally, Andrew, pulled out of the United States Hockey League, the Green Bay Gamblers, put him in Norfolk for a couple of years. He won there. And then, you know, this young hotshot lawyer who only coached in junior hockey in a couple of years in the American League was coaching in the National Hockey League. And so, you know, when I'm asked what Stevie Eisman will do in Detroit, my thought is, well, what has he done in the past? He hired a pretty young coach. and He let the coach grow with the team, as has happened in Tampa, and then was patient with it. And they went through a lot in Tampa. And, and I think that this is a pretty veteran squad in Winnipeg right now. And, and that may demand a little different style of coach. And there are some veteran coaches, you know, out there in the market. And we don't know who they all are yet. And that dust won't settle until the year is over. And who knew as we sat here on Monday that a Barry Trotz would be available and who else may be available as we move forward. So, but I think it is a pretty veteran coach. Now that veteran coach could also be a veteran coach who's a longtime associate head coach and been through a bunch of experiences and just, and been a head coach in the American league, maybe an associate coach in the NHL. I've got a couple of thoughts on a couple of good prospects like that. You know, a guy like a Dean Evason, who fits that profile perfectly. He'd been a successful head coach in the American League, and I'd watched him when I was in management, and he was one of the names at the top of my list in my top left drawer when I said, you know, if I'm ever going to hire a coach, there's a guy I want to talk to. Dave, let's quickly get to the playoffs. Um, first round has been just awesome. I mean, what's been your favorite series so far? Uh, what has stood out to you from this first week of action with so many of these series so tight going into game four or five? Well, the clear answer to that is yes. It's been awesome. <laughs> it's all of them. You know what? I jump around and uh, I got a pretty good system down. I love the staggering of the game. So uh, I'm working the Toronto Tampa series and I've really been able to catch between work and you know, and, and racing home and listen to some of it on Sirius on the way home. And, and, you know, I've been able to catch much more than I normally have. I've seen almost everything. And boy, oh boy, there's some great series. The one I'm involved in Toronto and Tampa is, is the ebbs and flows. There hasn't been an ounce of momentum go from game to game. And I don't even think it went from, you know, I, it just hasn't. And, and Bobby McKenzie, when I first came into the business, he always professed that momentum didn't carry over in playoffs. And, you know, here I coached and I managed and I played and I thought, well, he's crazy. Of course it carries over. And the more I watch, the more I think, you know what, Bobby McKenzie is a lot smarter than I was because it just doesn't seem to carry over. And it seems like the, the word desperate is what carries the day. And the team that's more desperate is the one that brings more to the table and, and wants it a little bit more. And I thought Ian Cole put it great in an interview yesterday. Um, he was asked the difference between playoff hockey and regular season hockey. And he said, he just, he looked at, I think it was Emily Kaplan. He looked at it and he said, every play counts. Every single play counts. Like it just does. And boy, it's been fun. I, you know, um, the next one I've, I've been, if you were going to ask me to list them, there's been so many great ones. Sort of intrigued with Pittsburgh and New York. And New York so heralded coming in and the hotshot goalie and, and all those things. And here you got Pitt. Three of their top players are unrestricted free agents uh, by the names of Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, and Brian Russ, three of your absolute best players. They're playing a third-string goalie who eats spicy beef and broccoli uh, for, you know, during the first overtime. And they're up two games to one. 
And it's like, holy smokes, it was the power of Sidney Crosby. And you watch what happens. And, and so that one really has me intrigued. Of course, Boston gets a, a life preserver thrown its way yesterday. I think they get a call that, you know, goes in their favor. But you need that along the way. You need to get those breaks. You need a call. You need a bounce. You need something to happen. Boston got a huge one yesterday. And all of a sudden, that series is 2-2. So, um, you know, I write down the list. Every, I think the cool thing, every series has a story. And every series has a different story. And, you know, in Florida, it's the run and gun, you know, freewheeling Florida Panthers with the rookie coach. And all of a sudden, they're like, holy smokes, you know, we're behind two games to one. They also look for threads of championship teams. And right now, you've still got, you know, from the last decade, you've still got Boston's a championship team in their locker room, Washington, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Tampa. And, and that's a lot of championship teams. And then, you know what? As I list those off, I forget about L.A. And they've only got a handful of guys, but they got Kopitar and they got quick. And I'd love to see a healthy Drew Doughty right now, wouldn't you, and see how he impacts this series. So it's really fun. And, and I do think, you know, as we sit here um, at this exact moment, there's only one team that's won three games in the first round. Well, and that's why I say, I mean, the series have been so close. I mean, many of the ones that are 2-2, I'd be surprised if they didn't get to 3-3. And we could be having a couple days of the most incredible Game 7 action going forward. I'll ask you about the Flames in a second. But, I mean, as far as the 2-2 series, um, Leafs fans or Oilers fans, who should be feeling better about themselves right now going into a Game 5 at home? I don't think it's in the nature of either of those fan bases to feel good about themselves. Um, right now, could be right, particularly in Toronto. I just don't. It's so tight, um, as it should be. And and you know who who really, you know, if I'm Sheldon Keefe right now, I'm probably grabbing a Mark Giordano, and say, you know, get David Camp and Andre Kasha and and uh, Ilya Labushkin and and get the guys together who weren't here. There's five or six or seven, Colin Blackwell, um, you know, who, who simply weren't here, who don't know anything. And pose the question of the rest of the team, what are we so worried about? What are we so afraid of? Why are we so afraid to win? Um, it's a strange thought, isn't it? The hangover and the carryover, but it's there in Toronto. It is. And, and there is, you know, like – quietly, a lot of pressure has been on Nylander and Tavares, and Nylander scored a couple goals when the game was over yesterday. But um, Marner and Matthews were pretty well shut down in games three and four. And, you know, Cooper got his matchup with Anthony Sorella and Braden Point and and did a good job with that. And Alex Kalorn is a third member of that line and, and did a good job shutting the two bigs down. So a lot of intrigue moving forward, a lot of intrigue at the goaltending position. Vasilevsky to me is still the difference in this series. What about the Flames? Uh, all of a sudden, they can't score. Um, is this credit to Dallas? Are they squeezing it a little bit too much? And uh, where should the panic meter be in uh, Southern Alberta? Yeah, the panic meter is not there for me in Southern Alberta. It's not. I think Calgary is going to be fine. Your Ottinger's been been really good, and and that happens. I still think Calgary has the better goaltender in a seven game series, and Markstrom maybe hasn't been quite on top of his game, but. To our point earlier about individuals stepping up, the Calgary players got to score. Daryl Sutter put it so like there's no 
there's no pretending here. Um, you know, when he's asked about Johnny Gaudreau, he's not going to soft shoe around Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau's got to score with two minutes left. Of course, that's what he's got to do. What he's paid to do. Um, that's what he created the opportunity to do. But he didn't score. And, you know, I can, I can tell you, you know, I, I should have won three Stanley Cups, but I didn't. Because <laughs> at the key time, we didn't execute. We didn't get it done. And this is still about individuals performing. I still think that Calgary has the ingredients for a deep run. Um, I do. And, and I think they're going to come back tonight in Dallas. And, and I think we'll see that. And then I think they'll move forward. Hey, Dave, before we go, and I know we wanted to hit the Canadian teams, but I think the series I was maybe most looking forward to, and maybe that's the amount of time we spend watching other teams in the Central Division, but Minnesota and St. Louis. And it's, it has been fascinating. You talk about momentum. I mean, St. Louis won the first game, and in game two, we're all over Minnesota for the first eight or nine minutes of the game. And I can't remember which defenseman had his stick break on that uh, that clearing pass. Bertuzzo. Picking up Bertuzzo, they know put yeah. it in first shot of the game, and it seemed like it completely changed what was happening in that series. They get the first two, and then the Blues storm back last night. I mean, just thoughts on this series, and this is probably going like double overtime in game seven, isn't it? <laughs> The best way I can describe it is we had our fantasy hockey pool on uh, at TSN, and, and so Carlo Koliakovo, um, Marty Baron, Jeff O'Neill, and I, and there's only 10 players each, and uh, nobody touched a St. Louis-Minnesota player because no one could figure – I think it was the only series that nobody touched because no one could figure out what was going to happen. Like, everybody was like, no idea, no, not even a thought to who was going to move forward in that series. And, and I did pick St. Louis to move forward and be the sleeper out West, actually. Um, I, now, they're pretty banged up on the backside. Looks like they might have lost Scandella as well. And they're playing without Nick Letty. And they're playing without Tori Krug. So that's, that's really banged up. But I still think there's enough there. And they also had, <clears throat> excuse me, the added advantage of having Bennington to go back to, which is a pretty darn nice advantage to have a Stanley Cup champion goalie to go back to. And he looked pretty settled in game four. He could be the factor. Now I say that Minnesota, I think is going to stay with flurry. That would be my guess, um, you know, to be where they are with him in, in place. And, and who knows if we'll even see Cam Talbot, but physical, uh, you know, I, I don't know Dean Evison as a person. I know the other guy really well, <laughs> Craig Bruby. And I love the way he coaches a lot. I really like and respect the way both coach. But you talk about straightforward communication and demanding, and both guys have it. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, the series so far has been great. It would be a shame if we didn't get game seven and that and a bunch of the other series. Pooley, always great having you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Enjoy the games, particularly game five, Tampa Leafs, which you'll be working. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up real soon as the uh, Stanley Cup continues. And we maybe get a little closer to some clarity as to what happening, what will happen with this NHL team here in Winnipeg. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoy the hockey. All right. Great stuff with Pooley. Always great having him on the program. Jeff Hamilton is coming up next, and we will talk more about Barry Trotz's sudden availability on the NHL coaching market with Stephen Wino of the AP coming up in just a second. Hey, while we were doing that with uh, with our, uh, with our uh, Dave Poolin, uh, got news from our friends over at Royal Sports. We've been waiting for all of the Team Canada soccer merch to come in 
Well, folks, it is here. All the Team Canada soccer jerseys are in, in adults and youth. The We Can Canada 22 tees are in. And they also have Alfonso Davies, number 19 name and number tees, not to mention a whole new packed soccer section. So if you, like me, have been waiting to get your hands on some real Canadian men's national team gear, getting ready for the World Cup, it is in now at Royal Sports Run, don't walk over to them and see them at 750 Pemina Highway. Of course, you can check out all the other incredible merchandise they've got here. And whenever this rain ends and we're getting back out in the diamond, softball, baseball, an expanded fitness section, and of course, a whole whack load of bikes as well at Royal Sports to help you dominate the spring. Um, and when you're doing all that, you got to stay hydrated. When we're talking water in Winnipeg, you know that the experts at Culligan have been serving our community for over 65 years in business, a great family-owned company that has it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's for the home, the cottage, or the business, Culligan has everything you need. Pop by and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue, 6941180, or online at drinkculligan.com. Com. The gang at Manitoba Battery is ready, locked and loaded for the spring. As I mentioned, I popped in there on, was it Thursday or Friday last week? And it was great to hear how many Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners have taken advantage of the extended spring hours, now open until 8 p.m. And made a point to let them know that you heard it over on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Winnipeg, Manitoba Battery is going to save you time and money from going to the big box stores. You won't have to drive there. You won't have to get a parking spot. You'll have experts helping you get what you need. And you'll do it at a better price. And you'll save money when they buy your old battery back as well. And they deliver citywide. Find out more. ManitobaBattery.com. 1026 Logan. 783-8787. And with uh, a big shout out to our friends over at Canadian Club. Got a chance to get into a couple of those CC and ginger ready to drinks on the weekend. I've had some great feedback. If you haven't had it already, pop by your local liquor mart or your beer store. They're available now in cans and take advantage of a great promo all month long at Manitoba Liquor Marts. If you see the Canadian Club display, buy any Canadian Club product and you get a free can of the ready to drink CC and ginger to try out for yourself. All right. Let's continue the Jets and more conversation. I was actually thinking we'd spend a lot of time talking to the CFL. We will get to the labor strife, but uh, let's get the hammer in here. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. And uh, I can tell you, Jeff, I knew there would be lots to talk about coming out of the weekend. I did not expect Lou Lamorello to drop that bomb on Long Island today that has uh, has set numbers in this show soaring today. And a lot of excited Jet fans thinking that maybe just maybe the guy to turn it around is one of our own in Manitoba's Barry Trotz. How, how surprised were you or caught off guard were you when uh, you heard that he was got the uh, pink slip today? Well, I mean, surprised like many just because of, you know, if you think about what's happening here in Winnipeg as they're navigating trying to understand what happened with this lost season, the same thing was, was happening in, you know, in Long Island in that, you know, obviously the Islanders underperformed. It was their first really real year under uh, Barry Trotz where they, you know, didn't make the playoffs and didn't make, it didn't have like a notable push. So, you know, you understood that there was going to be a, you know, a look back, uh, you know, a postmortem of the, of the season, but I don't think many people would have, 
then felt the 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 next move would have been to re, to relieve a coach who is among the most respected coaches in the in the NHL. Um, this one feels way different than you know ones in the past. You know whether it be a Claude Julian who didn't wait very long before he got a new opportunity from Boston, right? And then you know you just you just this one just seems like it's bizarre. And certainly having the roots that Barry Trotz has to this province and given what's happening to the team in this province it's just I think there's a little bit more extra noise in Winnipeg uh you know getting ready to you know I'm just waiting for the GoFundMe to start and that you know us getting to six million dollars over the next uh 24 hours for him to <laughs> him to be signed by the feds yeah the new, dri- right the new drive to 13 is a drive to 13 million dollars to pay Barry Trotz on a four-year deal. I mean, there's no doubt that it's going to cost more than they would have spent in the past for uh, for a head coach. And that might not be the plan, and that might not have been the budget. But I said this earlier, and I'm interested in your thoughts. I mean, to me, I think the signing of Barry Trotz, if they were able to get his name on a contract here, would be so significant, both for what needs to be done from that position of the head coach to you know, squeeze out whatever problems there are in the locker room, create a new culture, get people to buy in, demand accountability. He does all of that. But Jeff, I will also say from a business perspective right now with what True North is facing, trying to maintain season ticket holders, trying to, you know, you know, basically win back some people that have sort of been lost and disgruntled over the last few years. There could be more no, no more significant move than hiring Barry Trotz here in Winnipeg. And uh, I, I honestly think that it would probably pay for itself in a short period of time, considering their business challenges that this organization is going through right now this summer. I couldn't disagree. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know why I said dis at the beginning. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more um, in the sense that if there were any obstacles in getting Barry Trotz here, it shouldn't be the money it takes to get him here. Now, I mean, there, that has to be within reason, I suppose. We know that True North hasn't, you know, they, they haven't, at least they haven't historically shelled out a lot of money for their head coach. We kind of know their philosophy isn't to overpay for coaching, but given the situation they're in now with the team that they have, with the issues that they have within the team, Barry Trotz feels, at least at this point, as a, as a bit of a fix-all. And, and to your point, Huss, it's not just fixing the defensive game. It's bringing a guy in who's going to immediately have respect of the locker room to then make those important and, you know, in some cases, drastic decisions with this lineup, with who he wants to move forward with. Like, he has that pedigree, that reputation to demand respect, you know, right away. Um, then you have the other parts, right? You have a you have that local connection that's going to have fans. I mean, fans haven't really enjoyed the – you know, I know a lot of people like Paul Maurice – um, a lot of people didn't like Paul Maurice, but I, I'd like to think that everybody would like Barry Trotz, not just from his, you know, where he, you know, where his roots are here in this province, but also based on his coaching ability. And so, and, 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 and to your point too, I mean, you know, would it fix uh, some of the other issues that Winnipeg faces with, whether that's attracting players in free agency? Um, maybe, I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt. I think he, you know, obviously he has a long relationship given how long he's been in the, in the NHL trots would have that, you know, you have players that want to play for him that have, that have, you know, succeeded under his guidance. So he would have that, you know, that connection with those players. So I go back to my original point that of all the obstacles and there will be obstacles. I mean, I get everyone's really excited that Barry trots has been relieved of his duties in, in New York, something I don't think a lot of people imagined was going to happen, 
um, convincing him to come here is going to be, you know, is going to be a challenge for, for this organization, given what we know about this team at this moment. What can't be an issue or what shouldn't be an issue, you can make an argument, is the money. And that's where I think we look in the past, that's been an issue when it's come to finding a new head coach, when it comes to finding the right fit. You know, if it doesn't make dollars, you know, if the dollars don't make sense, it doesn't make sense to hire him has kind of been the philosophy here. So with Barry Trotz and given his resume now, you know, I said six million. I don't think it's going to cost him that, but it's going to cost him a pretty good chunk of change for him to relocate and, and start up with this organization. I just, like I said, off my original point, that can't be one of the obstacles that prevents him from coming here. Well, and, and, and listen, I mean, Shevel Dayoff um, said, you know, when he met the media and, you know, discussed the extension and moving into the off season that they expect to be a cap team. And I mean, if you're a cap team and you're spending over $80 million on player salaries, I mean, I think you really, listen, in a normal situation, I think it's worthwhile to pay a quality coach and get the most out of your players. But with what's happened in Winnipeg over the last few seasons, and especially with what we're learning more and more publicly over the last few weeks from players that have been part of this club, there is so much work to do. And we've said that, you know, maybe this is not a spot for a younger coach to come in. This is this is a situation that calls for somebody that is proven, that is respected, that will demand that respect the second he walks in the door. Never mind the benefits in the community, from a business standpoint of winning fans back. I mean, uh, the bottom line is the money would be worth it if there is consideration, serious consideration from trots. But as I said, the money will be significant because tell you what, Winnipeg, we probably went a little more crazy than a lot of other spots right now because the Jets aren't in the playoffs and everything that's happened. But the bottom line is this is a massive, massive hire, incredibly important decision for this team at a very, very crucial point in the organization. I mean, I don't think all is lost. And I think you could turn things around very quickly with a guy like Barry Trotz. But the bottom line is there is so much work to do. You could fix a lot of it right out of the gate, both perception wise. And I think with what's happening, if you were able to get him to come back. Absolutely. And I think what we, what, what, what's become abundantly clear with this group is you can't bring in a guy without an NHL resume. You can't bring in a guy to give him a shot. You can't bring a Pascal Vincent into this dressing room, even though he knows the players. Like, it's a different beast, the NHL club and the AHL club. Now, he might have respect from some of the guys that, you know, he helped mentor in the NHL. And this is nothing against Pascal. I think he's going to get his opportunity eventually. But the, where you are, where you are at the salary cap, where you are as a roster, and if you truly believe that, you know, it was a one-off, given that you've spent to the cap and addressed what you felt were the issues on your team, you can't bring in a guy who's just going to get his opportunity because he comes at a fair price or a price that's, you know, fits with, with ownership. You got to bring in somebody who's experienced, bring in somebody who has, you know, that again, resume of, of dealing with star players of, of, you know, instilling strong defensively structured teams and Barry Trotz is right at the top of the list. I I'll steal a tweet from Brandon Wickey. I mean, he called him a top three coach and he's not second and third. He's, you know, among there as one of the most respected coaches in the league and he would be a fix all problem. I don't, and, and, and if you really want to talk about like pay for itself, Huss, I mean, if you're worried, I mean, this is just as beyond just getting a locker room, back into the mix. This is almost getting a fan base back, you know, energized and feeling good about this Absolutely. Team. Today's so, show is a perfect example of that. We've exactly. got about double so, the normal folks in here right now simply because 
oh, wow, Barry Trotz is on the market. And they knew we'd be talking about it probably for the majority of the two hours today. Well, and you're getting a lot of, like, I mean, you just, I've heard a lot of fans, seen it on social media, talk to my friends that are, you know, diehards of this team. And, and watching the playoffs has not made it easier. It's made it more frustrating because not only is the team that they cheer for not in it, but you start seeing the level of efforts on some of these teams, and you just never saw that from the Winnipeg Jets all season long. And so to me, though, it's not, like I said, the money can't be an issue. The issue is going to be whether or not Barry Trotz wants to make Winnipeg his new project, and that's exactly what it would be. It would be a project. I don't know what Barry Trotz wants out of his next you know, next job, next gig, whether he wants to take some time off. But if he does want to get into the National Hockey League, you know, immediately, does he want to go to a locker room that's clearly in disrepair? And then if he does take over that, or if he does want that opportunity, say he say he wants to come back home, he wants to be closer to family, he wants to do all those things that, you know, people seem to think immediately when, a, you know, a hometown guy, whether it's a player or a coach becomes available or, you know, when we request trades, is, is he going to be empowered to do all those things? What kind of power is he going to have? Like, you know, and so those are questions, you know, he's going to want answered. And, you know, I'm sure he's going through a bit of the shock of, of losing his job right now. So this isn't going to be a quick fix. This isn't going to be a quick turnaround. He's going to take the opportunity, he might even take the summer. Um, the question, though, becomes, you know, whether or not, Winnipeg is the place environment that he wants to get into. Maybe he is the kind of person who would like to, you know, take a group that he feels is only a few different moves away. I mean, I think you can make that argument with the Winnipeg Jets. I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes and talk about how, you know, how how the issues run deep with this within this team and, you know, there is elements of truth to that, but he but you also have a team that has some some very quality good players on it. it has a great goaltender, has some, you know, power up front, has a defense that you know, maybe didn't perform up to standards last year, but isn't the worst in the National Hockey League. And so maybe a guy like Barry Trotz looks at this roster and and thinks he can tinker with a few different things. And we, maybe we see a, a Calgary Flames in situation. But uh, again, I mean, this is a guy who is going to be coveted by a, a lot of teams beyond, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. And I think that the Jets need to do a real sales pitch for him. So, um, you know, we did see reports too that, that Barry Trotz might be interested in management, you know, uh, you know, a future there. So that clearly is not probably an available option here in Winnipeg with Kevin Sheveldayoff signing a three-year extension. Um, so it will be interesting. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the, you know, the, the gloomy guy. I think some people would roll their eyes to that too, thinking I am Mr. Negative, but I, I do see a little bit of a, a you know, I, I think it's going to be a very difficult challenge uh, to get Barry Trotz here and to convince him that, you know, he's got the horses here to, to run a good derby. So um, we'll see what happens. But if uh, I will say this, I mean, I, you know, I'll say this with everybody else. I think the true North needs to do everything in their power um, to put on a hardcore press to bring him here because he really does address a ton of the issues um, you know, what from a, you know, whether it's from a, you know, plane structure, a systems, you know, a systems thing to, fan appreciation to really just a step in the right direction after what's clearly been a, you know, a challenging couple few years here for the jets. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this about, uh, about trots in that, you know, if he came back, um, you know, we've kind of talked about a number of the things that the checks that he puts off, if he does have it, to me, it comes down to whether he is interested and likes the idea of coming back to Manitoba. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Barry Trotz, it, it, listen, he's got a Stanley Cup ring. He's done just about everything that he could do. The one thing that 
you know, would probably be the most long-lasting and memorable, impactful thing that he could do would be come back to his home province and turn this thing around and take the Jets back to being, you know, legitimate contenders in the National Hockey League. And um, I think he'd be beloved for that. He already really is. But, I mean, it would it would be special, and it's different than everywhere else. And listen, if he does have sights set on potentially getting out of these big cities, if he likes the lifestyle of living here in Manitoba, and he does consider that to be, you know, as he's getting older, a place where he'd like to be, I'm telling him, I'm hiring for the coach, and I'm guaranteeing him a front office spot whenever he wants to finish coaching or whatever it is. I mean, listen, what organization yeah. wouldn't want a guy like that, frankly, with that organization when he's finished coaching to be a part of it? I, listen, I mean, it makes almost too much sense. So whatever you have to do, back to your point, everything within your power, put your best foot forward, take your best shot at this guy, because um, I, I think the the win of getting him here in the short and the long term is so significant. It's worth whatever the price is. And the bottom line is for all of these other things that have been plaguing the Winnipeg Jets over the last number of years. I think a guy like Barry Trotz coming in with a clean slate and the power to make the changes that he wants can probably fix a lot of that very quickly. Yeah, and I think you make a great point. I really do think it's not going to be it, it's not necessarily going to be the pitch that the team gives him that necessarily the roster screams. I think it's really going to boil down to whether he wants to come back home to coach. You know, like he's getting up there in age you know, I, I don't know exactly what his extended family situation is here and, and, and what, you know, what that, what, how that could factor into things. But I think he's, I, you know, we've talked about this in the past before, like when trades come up, you know, like, oh, you know, trade for Jonathan Taves, you know, Winnipegger will come back here and play. Like, you know, not a lot of guys want to come back home to play. That's just a fact, you know, like, you know, they have opportunities in other cities. It's almost too close to home, right? You don't want to be recognized everywhere you go. Anonymity is something that people like. Does Barry Trotz want to get bothered every time he, you know, walks out of his house and on the street, right? I mean, th those those things are real. And so, and they're not unlike any, you know, other hockey crazy markets. I'm not limiting that to Winnipeg, but, you know, Winnipeg is a small market and it, and, and it is difficult to hide. So I don't know that personal piece of Barry Trotz. So that will be interesting. You know, you again, speaks to whether or not, you know, a decision to come back home is something that he wants. You know, he's going to be, you know, if, if you look, you can look at the teams now that have fired their coaches or are looking for coaches. Well, guess what? There's going to probably be a handful more that are going to be making some phone calls. And if he if he wants to make the move, they'll get rid of their guy too. So, you know, whatever the present pool is of of opportunity, I think that's only going to get bigger over time here. So, you know, you don't want to waste your time with the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm sure they're not. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll give it some time to, you know, to to you know to let it sink in. Um, but as soon as he's ready, I, you know, you have to imagine the Winnipeg Jets will be ready to have that chat. No doubt about it. Jeff Hamilton's with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Now, um, part of what the new head coach is going to have to deal with is, um, you know, basically some serious strife within that locker room. And we heard it front and center at all of the year-end um, media availabilities. We spent a lot of time talking about Mark Shifley's situation. Remo, if you can, get that Patrick clip up again. You may have missed it, Jeff, earlier, and if you just popped in, we did play this at the beginning, but uh, I wanted to talk about it a little bit with you because in some ways it is, I guess, not something that I haven't heard a number of times, but for someone as respected in the hockey community, in the Winnipeg hockey community, to feel as comfortable as he seemed to be in saying this, um, uh, listen, it was uh, it was a jaw dropper, as I said. This is James Patrick, if you missed it before, ice head coach on the true 
Crit Podcast, along with Tom Laidlaw and Ron Greshner from a few days heading into the few days ago heading into the weekend. I heard a lot of stories that there's a Shifley and uh, who's the other star guy there? Wheeler. 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 There's a little bit of an issue in the locker room. Is that huge? Huge? I think huge. Um, I think it's been uh, for five years here. It's been a divided dressing room. I'd have, I mean, the rumors out there in the city, some people know about it, but I'm talking from stuff I've heard from players. Um, Cody Eakin played there, got traded at a deadline. Uh, Hughes from uh, Hughes, who uh, signed in Philly. What's his name? Who played for the Rangers? Right. What was that? What's the guy's number? He's a center. He's a good player in Philly. Oh, the big kid. Uh, Hayes. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So he played for the Rangers, got traded to Winnipeg at the deadline. Was there for three months and then uh, right. signed with Philly. Both uh, both those guys have said not the worst dressing room they'd ever been in. Oh, wow. Um, you know, two players are above the team. Two players, um, you know, half the players follow one side. Right. Um, you Is know, you, right? you look at you, and Paul Maurice was a coach who it shocked me, and I think exper- experienced coach who didn't solve that problem. Yeah, and that's um, kind of why he left. I heard right because he just listen. I can't coach these guys. Well, he said that. Yeah. In the conference, yeah, yeah, yeah. They need a different voice. They're not listening to mine. Is basically what he said. All right, so there's James Patrick. I mean, when you're hearing former players um, casually mention this is the worst locker room they've ever been in, I mean, that is five alarm. For an organization that preaches culture and building from within, I mean, uh, like whether or not that had circus, uh, surfaced in and around the organization, um, I imagine it probably has, and it's probably why we are where we are right now, Jeff. But um, holy smokes, and just the casual nature of him throwing it out there. I mean, I'm not sure whether they thought anyone in Winnipeg would hear it or not, but... Um, I mean, it's kind of more of the same, but just from a different source that, um, that man, there's some real problems and it starts right at the top, at least of that hockey group of the guys wearing Jets jerseys. Well, yeah, you got to love, you got to love those podcasts where you feel like the guy has no idea the, uh, the record buttons on, right. You get a little comfortable. It's a mic. You're talking to your friends. So I can certainly appreciate, uh, you know, James Patrick's candor in that. And I, and you know, I'm, you're right. It, it, it adds, obviously legitimacy to it when someone like of his stature who's you know of course he's with the winnipeg ice but has has spent time in the national hockey league and you know has a bright hockey mind both as a coach and a player um for him to say it i think the difference is he just put names to it you know he named cody eakin he named kevin hayes i mean these are guys that you know they didn't have you know and we're both there for not so great stretches of the Winnipeg Jets, right? I mean, Kevin Hayes, for instance, got acquired um, and then what? Found himself on the third line by the end of it. You know, then then he just goes signs a, a massive contract in Philly after. And then, you know, you have a guy like Cody Eakin, who is, you know, a little bit of a you know, another, you know, trade deadline acquisition and for, you know, another kind of whatever run, right? So, look, how do I put it this way? You know, when you come on and you're, you know, and I come on these shows and you say things, you know, not a lot of people are willing to put their name on it, but these things have been going on for years and they've been, you know, it's like a little, little piece of string that you just keep pulling and pulling and pulling and you hear about this guy having issues with this guy and and this guy above the team. And then there's the obvious stuff. I mean, I mean, if you look at situations, like you see a guy like James Patrick say something like that and fans are like, holy smokes, we finally got confirmation. We finally got that because then, because 
it's the position in which they're in. You know, you hear a guy like Blake Wheeler say, oh, there's nothing wrong with this dressing room. You know, the All right, uh, grasshoppers. And, uh, say, yeah. and say that, um, you know, like th- that there's nothing wrong with this dressing room. Fans immediately go, oh, this is, you know, we just heard it. It's fine. You hear a guy like Eric Comrie, who's the backup goalie, and he's talking about how great of a leader, you know, Blake Wheeler is. Like, what do you expect the backup goalie of a hockey team to say when asked about a leader? You know, media has been... You know, there's been articles written about great leadership skills with Blake Wheeler and all this stuff. And, you know, when me and him got into it and because I, I questioned his, you know, his statement where I guess he was tongue in cheek, feeling sorry for himself about how he wasn't getting, you know, I guess when things are bad, you don't, you know, you take on all the grief. And when things are good, you don't get talked about. Well, it's the exact opposite for Blake Wheeler here. He's only been talked about with praise. I mean, there has been certain points in time where the media has questioned his, his ice time and there's been more public stuff, but I'd argue that's more of the fans, you know, voicing their opinions. And then that turned into the media side, right? Where you had Paul Maurice defending his, you know, his captain. And, and then you have the argument, well, it's okay. You're playing through an injury, but why are you leading the team in ice time if you're injured? Um, so anyways, that's a little off topic, but those kind of comments to me, like th- th- this has been percolating for years. You know, this has been, you, you, you hear the way, you know, you look at the way, and I'm not just talking about Blake's interaction with me in, in, in Arizona. You, you look at the way Blake Wheeler conducts himself with media and, you know, like you can just tell this is this guy's mm-hmm. personality. I mean, he, there's one thing you can't deny it with and that's his passion. He's a passionate guy. He wants to win. There's no denying that, but I don't know if his leadership, skills or abilities aligns with this i mean what was it two seasons ago he was talking about how he needed to be better with the younger guys he all but admitted that he was a bad leader to the younger players like you know what i mean like and then you have mark shifley who's you know kind of been disinterested in everything um this past season but particularly in the last you know whatever half of this year under dave lowry and then comes out and makes the comments he makes and that's not enough to tell people that like there's some bad things in this dressing room it takes a james patrick you know podcast you know two minute kind of whatever rant to kind of confirm what we've all been watching play out for the last couple of years and this particular season has been you know has probably brought it to the boiling point where if they couldn't get into the playoffs this season what's the chances of them getting into the playoffs in future seasons under this current makeup of the club and so to me, like, you know, it's not surprising at all. And this is, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, we've been saying this all along and this is validation. This has just been the environment that has existed. You had a head coach leave partway through a season because he ran out of options to run this team, and which, which was crazy in and of itself because Paul Maurice was a big part of this culture. And you say right from the top, I mean, you're talking about the top end players, right? Like, go further. Keep going. Keep going higher and higher, whether it's the, the coaching staff or the ownership and general manager. It's like, are we like, I don't even, you have to ask questions about how connected Kevin Sheveldayoff is to this dressing room, right? Because, I mean, he, he's now rewarded with a three-year deal or extension under the current situation that exists in Winnipeg, which is an absolute mess. And so they've allowed this from the beginning. They've allowed this from, you know, they've allowed this whole culture to seep in where, you know, we don't, you don't need to be accountable to the media. You don't need to be accountable to anybody. And when I say accountable to the media, what I mean in that is accountable to the fans. No one has to say anything to us. They, we, we can't demand that they answer our questions or that we don't, don't like the answers. They need to have, you know, that leadership ability to understand that that's the relationship with, 
to the fans. This is how they talk to the fans, right? But that culture has been has never existed right from the beginning. It's like the players run the show. There's no accountability. I mean, Blake Wheeler told a guy to F off after practice and the, the organization didn't do anything about it. Still haven't addressed it. You know what I mean? It's just like that's the conduct and the and, and the culture that the the top of this of this team, right to the ownership, has permitted. And now they're laying in their bed of all this, you know, this has been a slow burn to get to this point, and it's not surprising at all. And and the top of the deck, ownership cannot be surprised with the mess that they've created. You know, like and 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 it just goes to show like the genuine shock that they had when Paul Maurice left. You know what I mean? Like, did Paul Maurice not voice any of this? Did he not hint any suggestion that he couldn't get the leaders of this team, the leaders in which that he pretty much bent over backwards for since he took the job? Did they not realize that they were like, you know, we all knew the drama that was going on from snippets of people who work with the organization. You're telling me the ownership didn't know? They just figured that winning was going to fix everything? Well, culture breeds winning. Winning breeds culture. And when you don't have either of them, you're going to you, you eventually get to where the Winnipeg Jets are right now. And that's searching for answers. And whether their answer is Barry Trotz, whether their answer is shipping, you know, a voice, whether that be Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley out the door or both of them to set to start anew and to bring a culture in. Like the reality is, well, well, this league has gotten younger and locker rooms and guys who have, you know, who are one, two, three years into their careers have become voices within the dressing room that's never existed in Winnipeg and the reality is is you know Kevin Sheveldayoff can sit there at the mic and say well point to this guy and this guy and this guy signing long-term deals you could turn around and say well this guy this guy this guy and this guy all high profile players have asked to leave so they kind of eliminate each other they even each other out and on top of it you don't have an environment where young guys feel like they can say things. So that just breeds resentment and resentment is slow moving. You know, if you've ever been in a bad relationship, guess what? Usually it's bad for a bit and then you break up, you know, it just gets to a point where neither side can reconcile anything. And that's what we're, we're dealing with, with the, with the Winnipeg jets right now. You have guys that have signed long-term deals that don't want to fulfill those commitments anymore. You have guys that sign long-term deals who are young in the NHL that don't know any different. They've never been in another NHL dressing room. Nick Ehlers, Kyle Connor, those guys have never been. Mark Scheifele, you know, those guys have never been in Josh Morrissey, have never been in a different locker room. They've never seen what it's like to be under different leadership. And if you combine that with the fact that hockey players don't share their feelings and are very limited in what they say, Everything you're seeing in Winnipeg doesn't need to be confirmed, confirmed by James Patrick. It's been staring at you in the face for years. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's certainly given us a lot to talk about this offseason. That's for sure, Hammer. Um, listen, Wino's going to come up. We're going to get the latest on uh, what happened in Long Island and uh, more on Barry Trotz. Uh, I did want to squeeze in some CFL talk, but maybe we'll uh, reconnect a little later on this week and uh find out what's happening as we get closer to training camps but uh great segment as always looking forward to uh I'm sure you'll have something to say about this and more in the winnipeg free press this week thanks for doing this buddy yeah you got it man we got uh we got lots to talk about i'm i'm fascinated with the pierre Maguire. we never talked talked about that stuff but all the dirt that he has on that organization you know where they went to where where they played hockey in high school and junior i'm sure is gonna <laughs> you know play off real well for down the stretch so i uh, appreciate you having me on and uh yeah we'll do it next week
Thanks, Matt. There's Jeff Hamilton, the Winnipeg Free Press on Twitter at Jeff K. Hamilton. Uh, all right, Stephen Wino coming up in just a second. Opening day, Breezy Bend coming up this weekend. If you've been thinking about an amazing long-term home for you and your family on the golf course, make sure to check out Breezy Bend. Obviously, it's been a great couple of years. Big improvements to the course, clubhouse, patio, practice facilities, and more. And um, working on a waiting list right now, but uh, definitely give Corey Johnson a call over at Breezy Bend and find out more at breezybend.ca on how you can make the uh, Breezy Bend your golfing home going into the future. Uh, our friends at Not Auto Corp are ready for the summer. If you are thinking about a new vehicle, before you do anything, pop on down to Waverly McGillivray and talk to the experts at Not. Why not get into the car of your dreams? at an incredible price with the help of the Knot team. And you can find out more on all the Teslas they have on the lot. They've been a leader in electric vehicles for years in Winnipeg. And you can ask them more about being involved in the Tesla experience to uh, really get the hang of what a switch to an electric vehicle would be. Knot Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, and uh, online at Knot.ca. And I hope you all had a couple Little Brown Jugs on the weekend. Of course, Winnipeg's favorite beer and our great sponsor, Little Brown Jug Brewing, is available around the city at fine restaurants and bars. Grabbing the 1919, all Winnipeg Little Brown Jug offerings available at fine beer stores and liquor marts. But the best place to check them out is right down at home base. William Avenue, the Little Brown Jug Brewery and Tap Room. All the great beers available there to sample them, have pints, and get whatever you need to take home. And, of course, they do deliver on the week, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Home delivery, just simple, easy, and ordering over at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, let's get to it. Big news today out of Long Island. Barry Trotz out as the head coach of the New York Islanders. Needless to say, that is the entire Jet fan base going absolutely crazy. Let's welcome in Stephen Wino from the AP, who's all over it. Wino, what's up, man? Great to have you back on the program. How are you? final so i can go to little brown jug i would really like that <laughs> yeah well listen we'll have a table for you and uh we'll have a full uh next time you're here i'll make a point of getting you down there you can try it all um i'll be honest i mean we'd been dreaming of Bar barry trotz being available for a while no one really thought that it would happen why did we'll, uh, why did lou pull the trigger today on uh, one of the most successful and respected coaches in the nhl well, it sounds like the only person who knows the real answer to that is Lou Lamorello because he wouldn't tell us. And he said, it's basically between me and ownership. And I have my reasons to believe this team needed a new voice, but he wouldn't say why. And and, and even saying it wasn't about having Barry Trotz having one year left in his contract. It wasn't about the, the this year and the 13 game road trip and the, and the COVID absences and the injuries, kind of the perfect storm of things that, that kind of crushed the Islanders early this year, couldn't battle back from. I mean, I, I think to be diplomatic about it, philosophical differences uh, in, in the way Lou Lemro does things without Barry as hard to see an argument in favor of that, given what Barry Trotz has done with Garth Snow's players for the most part and, and the guys Lou Lemro has brought in. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's tough to see kind of why Lou, Lou Lemro has done this because he won't tell us. You know, when you look at the body of work with Trotz in New York, I mean, he came in and took the worst defensive team in the National Hockey League, made them the best defensive team in the National Hockey League, and pushed the Tampa Bay Lightning to the limit in back-to-back -back conference finals. Um, you know, his work and his resume speaks for itself, Stephen. Um, and, you know, and despite everything that sort of conspired against them this year, I watched a lot of the Islanders down the stretch, and that team did not quit on Barry Trotz at all this season despite the fact that they pretty much knew they weren't making the playoffs at New Year's, um, which makes this decision that much more surprising. 
I think that's why Husser, everybody was everybody in hockey is shocked today. And even John Cooper saying he was surprised by the news. He's a fan of Lou Lamorello's. He's a very good friend of Barry Trotz. So he was kind of not wanting to, to kind of criticize the decision. But yeah, I mean, Barry Trotz coaches the, the Washington Capitals to the Stanley Cup. And then rather than pay him, they let him go. Uh, the, now the New York Islanders go to the Eastern Conference final back to back playoffs in each of his first three years. And then one year goes wrong and let him go. After 15 years in Nashville, where, by the way, I know you're excited about a Winnipeg guy coming home, but Jets aren't the only team we're going to be in the market for Barry Trotz in the coming weeks here. But, yeah, this is this is a guy who he does every job. He, he gets the most out of players. He also can change his coaching style for the team he's coaching. And that's the thing is in Nashville, he played more of a defensive game because of the talent he had or didn't have at his disposal. When he has Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and Genny Kuznetsov, then it's a different style. And then it goes back to something else with the Islanders. He is a great chameleon at that. And he did it with the Islanders. And, and that was a team that played hard down the stretch. Even if there was a little bit of a sag going into the final weeks of the season, kind of the dog days of the season, and it was over for the Islanders. I, I've never met a player who doesn't at least respect Barry Trotz. It, maybe you guys don't like him after a while because you don't like hearing anybody yelling at you over and over again. I think everybody in hockey respects Barry Trotz, and I think players play very hard for him. Well, uh, you, you nailed it. I mean, this guy will be the number one name on the uh, list of free agent coaches. And, you know, to be honest, I think if he didn't have these ties to Winnipeg and Manitoba, and there might be the thought that he might entertain and might like actually coming up and finishing his coaching career back closer to home with a potential opportunity maybe to go into management afterwards, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, certainly the Winnipeg Jets will be interested. What are you hearing from around the league right now on other teams that will be making a call ASAP to the representatives of Mr. Trotz? Well, it starts with the Philadelphia Flyers, and and that that's one of the, probably the most attractive opening right now. Chicago has a vacancy if Derek King's not getting the full time job, which we we assume he's not. Detroit has a vacancy with with Jeff Blasel uh, not having his contract renewed, uh, and and I think Nashville's got to be in the consideration too. If if the, if the Predators move on from John Hines, if they get swept uh, out of the first round or lose the series, which it looks like they're going to do to Colorado, would a return to Nashville make a lot of sense for, for Barry Trotz? And he still, he and his wife still have a house there. They still have a, a kind of roots in the community in Nashville. Right now, it's, it's, it's Philadelphia probably as a leading candidate in the Metropolitan Division, hmm. a team that's not going to be afraid to, to spend money on a coach. But what I'm most interested in is, are there playoff teams? And I'm looking at the Florida Panthers, who are in this arena right now, uh, that I'm in in Washington. Uh, would the Florida Panthers, if they don't go far in the playoffs, if they lose in this series to the Capitals, would they consider going after Barry Trotz? If the Colorado Avalanche don't make it past the second round, is Jared Bednar in trouble where Colorado says, he Barry Trotz is the guy to get us over the hump? The Edmonton Oilers, another team, if, if they don't have success. I don't think there's going to be any shortage of suitors for Barry Trotz, but it is going to be basically his pick of, of places. Does he want to go home and kind of have that experience where he is the hometown guy? Well, the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs could be a possibility if they, they don't win this series. Uh, it, every, you can make an argument for just about every team that could be looking for a new coach for why it makes sense for Barry Trotz. If you're going to make me put my on it right now i think he's going to be coaching the florida panthers next year interesting panthers well i mean listen pretty uh pretty great job heck of a team uh albeit one that hasn't won a playoff series since 1996 and all of a sudden find themselves up against it and before we just hit on that series in the playoffs um you know i know you're well connected talking to people around the league um it's been interesting both locally and outside the city seeing the reaction to the end of the jet season some of the things we heard from a number of the players leading up to the final day, 
And then the bomb that Paul Stastny dropped on the uh, locker room saying, you know, there's some players that don't have respect for each other in there. And I think everyone seems to know who he was talking about. And then Mark Scheifele, who sounded like an unrestricted free agent as opposed to a leader on the club with two years left. Uh, what are you hearing about the Winnipeg Jets when you're having conversations with uh, your colleagues around the league? Well, I think everyone's known there's been a locker room rift there for a few years. And 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 I know Jeff was mentioning in your last segment just about the culture and, and, and those sort of things that, that hasn't been existent there. I think it was it's become kind of born open from your when you win, it, it does cover over a lot of sins. It does mask a lot of those problems because winning makes guys get along much better. But without that winning, I, I think we've seen more of that rift. And Kevin Sheveldayoff, to me, getting the contract extension says to me that ownership believes he knows how to solve this. And I think it's going to be a fascinating offseason because not only does, he, does Chevy have to pick a new coach, but he's got to decide if there's factions in this locker room, which we know there are, who goes and who stays and who gets the kind of the mantle of, okay, this is my room now. Because we've seen this in places like Montreal uh, after after the, the P.K. Subban situation and that trade and kind of the, the, the rift you have between leaders in a, in a room that what direction is this franchise going to go in? Because everybody in, in hockey seems to think that Jets are going to be very active in, in the trade market in, in kind of remaking the mix there. A, lot, a little bit like Chuck Fletcher did with the Flyers last offseason and trying to figure out who the problem is, who the solution is. And I don't know if anybody knows the real answer to that. Because you've got talented players like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Yeah, did we just lose Wino? Uh, we got a bad connection here. We'll see if we can, uh, we can get Stephen right back up, just as he was getting to uh, to speaking about uh, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Um, probably also get uh, a quick uh, question in on uh, how much trouble the Panthers are in right now. Uh, of course, Stephen Wino covering the Washington Capitals playoff run right now. And um, great start for the Caps. Um, but as far as Barry Trotz goes, Stephen's exactly right. I mean, there literally will be, I would say, just about any open job in the National Hockey League, assuming the money is pretty much, you know, people are willing to pay him what he expects and what he demands, um, that there'll be a long line. And the Jets might try to get to the front of the line right now. But if I'm Barry Trotz, I also, unless I really do want, you know, something that's been offered to me, hopefully, like something here in Winnipeg, Probably be uh, smart to just let it cool his heels for a few weeks, see what happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because, as Stephen mentioned, uh, a, a long list of teams, even some that have head coaches right now, could potentially be uh, sniffed around for the services of one of the most successful coaches in the National Hockey League. We'll see if we can get Wino back. Uh, in the meantime, we will get to bomber season very soon, hopefully, depending on what happens with the CFL and the CFLPA. One thing I can tell you is that Bomber Games coming up this year, the Princess Auto tailgate area outside will be rocking. Uh, of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the Bombers, and where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Portage West and Panet Road. And of course, you can shop online 24-7, 365 over at princessauto.com. Another great night of Stanley Cup playoff action on tap tonight. And especially in the weekday where the games aren't spread out as well as they have been over the weekend. You need multiple TVs. You need a great sports bar to watch. No better place than Boston Pizza. Enjoy those Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, ice cold schooners. And uh, if you are staying at home, you can check out their great game day deals and order online 
at bostonpizza.com. Looking forward to hitting the links with my pal Nick from Nick and Nicky DQ. Uh, they had a huge weekend, as you would imagine. Popped by one of the stores, and there was a uh, long lineup to get in on a spring blizzard. Not the sort of spring blizzards that we've been having lately. Of course, the delicious DQ ice cream blizzard. And while you're at Nick and Nicky DQ, make sure to check out the new Stack Burgers as well. Just uh, phenomenal, phenomenal burger. They're already the most underrated. Now they might damn well be the best in the fast food game. Four locations for Nick and Nicky DQ. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And all three Winnipeg locations are available now on your favorite delivery website. All right, let's get Remo back in here. Not, what ha- not sure what happened to a wino. We had a good connection there for a while. He was dropping some great tidbits for us. Um, and then we sort of got shorted. But uh, the bottom line is, it was interesting to hear what he had to say about what you know has basically been known around the National Hockey League for a while with this Winnipeg Jets club. Um, issues in the locker room, that has spent much speculation as to what moves will be made in the offseason. But today, the speculation is all about who that next head coach will be, courtesy of Lou Lamorello dropping the bomb and firing Barry Trotz earlier today. Sorry, I, I saw my phone and uh, I was like, whoa, my eyes jumped out of my head. Huh? So when I saw that news, I jumped, went on our Winnipeg Sports Talk Facebook and Instagram, posted the link there. We had so much interest off the top. We got over 600 people in here, over 700 at times uh, for a coach, free agent. Uh, it's unbelievable, but I think people believe that Barry Trotz from Dauphin can come home and help the Jets get back to the playoffs because don't get me wrong, I'm seeing watching these games and I'm seeing parties in Edmonton, parties in Calgary. They got the stage, they got bands, they got big screens. We don't have that here. We're missing out. I know it's you know the first round and uh, one of those teams, Calgary, is kind of on the ropes here a little, but still, I mean... You just go back to a couple years ago, what a great time it was, you know, walking downtown, going past where the street parties were and just having flashbacks. And, um, you know, we thought we were going to have that, no question, this year, but for whatever reasons, it didn't work out. Here's the bottom line. Barry Trotz, we know what he brings to the hot club as a hockey coach. To the organization and to this community, if the Jets were able to get Barry Trotz's name on the dotted line on a contract, it would be the most significant injection of hope and excitement, probably since the Jets won the draft lottery in 2016 and had the rights to pick Patrick Laine. Um, And they need that more than ever right now with the season that they've just had, everything coming out of the offseason and the hard work at hand for everybody in that office to fill the building next year. Um as I said with Jeff earlier, um, you know, certainly there might be a larger line in the budget for coaching than they had initially planned on. Certainly don't have access to uh, to to the numbers at True North Sports and Entertainment, but I can certainly make the case here that it would be worth every penny, um, both on the ice and off the ice for the Winnipeg Jets going forward. So uh, Needless to say, we'll be all over this over the course of uh, the next little while, really just getting into the Jets offseason. But to be honest, Reem has been more eventful than the entire regular season has been so far, at least since Paul Maurice uh, decided to step away in uh, mid-December. Yeah, I mean, our, our last week had some of the best numbers that we've had since the trade deadline. There's been a couple milestones since we've been doing this show. You know, trade deadlines and free agencies are always big. The Jets playoffs were big, but as far as... Other than that, Bombers, Grey Cup, Paul Maurice stepping down. And uh, last week, 
the Monday show following, uh, you know, the locker cleanout day and Mark Shifley's comments, Paul Stasny's comments, and the coaching staff being um, let go, but allowed to reapply for their jobs, Huss. Um, it's been a pretty, pretty wild week of Jets, Jets drama. I compared it to a reality show. Well, like, again, the next, next episode is, okay, the other head coach from the hometown or home province <laughs> let go. Will he or won't he come back? Will the team open up the checkbook and give him that giant contract? Uh, well, wait and see. I, I think you kind of it would be it would be a shame if that was the only thing holding the back. If he did want to coach here, yeah. Well, listen. I think that if he wants to, um, they'll figure figure a way out to make it happen. Speaking of milestones, I'm just looking. I guess episode 300 of WST coming up on Friday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, big. Obviously, it's huge numbers in here today. For everyone, any new viewers, welcome to the program. Great to have you uh, with us, Haas, Mike, Michael Remus. We're with you every day at 1 o'clock Central Time here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But do us a favor, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Join us on a regular basis here. And again, if you're not able to join us live, you can pop back, check the YouTube feed or the podcast each and every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So hit that red subscribe button and make sure to hit that thumbs up as well. Well, remote, no surprise that Barry Trotz and the Jets have pretty much dominated the conversation for the first uh, hour and 45 minutes of the program. Um, there was hockey being played, some important hockey games for our local teams over the course of the weekend. And I know we've been talking about James Patrick with some of the things that he had to say on that True Grit Life podcast about the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but holy smokes, a... Uh, just an absolutely dominant weekend by the Winnipeg Ice in front of great crowds Friday and Saturday out at the uh, Max Bell Center at the Ice Cave. And uh, you know, we'll see whether they have to play a game five of this series like they did the last series. But tell you what, this team looks poised to move on to the next round the way they, uh, they completely dominated Moose Jaw at home on the weekend. Yeah, I was following uh, the games, you know, online, uh, the ice. Yeah. So... Dominating performance. We've seen that from them all year, Huss, and continued into round two of the playoffs. I mean, they're looking like one of the top teams here. Uh, very exciting stuff. Going to have to uh, get down to the ice cave to check out uh, one of these one of these playoff games because, you know, while the Jets, we said not in the playoffs, but we do have the ice, and we'll get to the moose in a second. So nice to see them just, you know, continue to steamroll uh, everyone. Crazy. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to get down and see the ice, what are you waiting for? We'll see whether they have any more games during round two. And if not, it'll be round three uh, next week. Uh, well, potentially as early as next week. And I think a lot of people expecting a Winnipeg-Edmonton collision course at some point in the playoffs. All right, um, Moose, not as rosy a picture for the herd coming back home. No, I had a number of tweets on the weekend asking, you know, if the Moose were second, why were the games on the weekend in Milwaukee? Well, the higher-seeded team has the choice of starting on the road or starting at home. Uh, the team that has game three also has four and five. So the Moose went onto the road looking to get a split, played very well. I believe the total shots in the two games were 85-37 or something like that. They just simply could not solve the Milwaukee goaltender. And uh, it's do-or-die time for the Moose coming back home on Wednesday night, Reem. I think there's a lot of excitement about a potentially nice long playoff run uh, and all of a sudden first home game facing elimination for Manitoba after this weekend. Yeah, I was following those and it seemed like two really close games 
that's kind of the way playoffs goes. Bounce here, bounce there. It doesn't go your way. And um, the Moose had met so much, so much success. You would have hoped they could get a split and come here and finish it off. But um, I guess that's just how it is. You know, the the two, three situation here with the best of five series. So they come here. You just got to take it one game at a time. Wednesday, Friday, and then the S Sunday afternoon. So, but I think Wednesday you'll have to you have to win or your season on the line and. You hope that they can do it, uh, do it as I know Mike McIntyre was at uh, the practice today saying that Declan Chisholm took a maintenance day. Uh, Christian Reichel continues to be out uh, after he, he's been out for a while. He was with the Jets, got injured. Then, yeah, he came back and got injured in the last week yeah. of the season and hasn't been available. And, then, and that uh, is very unfortunate. He's been such a great part of that club for the last few and years. Veselainen was hurt blocking a shot in game two, unlikely. For game three. So that was the Moose injury update. So we'll wait until, uh, I guess maybe we'll have a better idea. It was Wednesday, uh, game night, 7 p.m. Canada Life, head downtown. You got it. All right, let's take a look at these games tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs um, over at CoolBet Canada. If you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. First and foremost, shout out to all the lock shoppers that rolled with our lock shop lock of the playoffs ream um and, and it, it basically it was a two series parlay over five and a half games so to get to six games or seven toronto tampa and minnesota st louis and not at all surprised that these series are tied at two they're poised to go the distance but we cashed that um but my god just looking at it right now i i feel like you know texting chris and seeing if we can get a line on how many of these first round series go to seven games. Doesn't look like that's going to happen with Colorado and the Nashville Predators. But other than that, I mean, there's a very high probability that we could have four, five, six, even seven game seven so far, um, considering the difficulties that many of the home teams have had so far. And you've got the Florida Panthers tonight, the Calgary Flames and the New York Rangers, all three teams who had home ice desperately looking to even their series and get it back on uh, on even strength heading back to home for game five yeah sorry what, what i was going through my there's so much chatters that I keep sending us an email i i'll be honest i i missed which series were you talking about well i was speaking about all three series tonight where the road teams need to win to even it at oh, two man. before being okay. down three one heading home and the fact that we could potentially right now have up to seven series in the first round that go to a seventh game i'm pretty much assuming that colorado will be done before going the distance sorry we got a lot of these uh tinder form spam bots here that i'm trying to get rid of so uh moderating the chat and pay attention to you sometimes tough people test i want to who do you think is in the toughest spot here of uh the teams down is it florida who are a huge favorite calgary was my pick against dallas um you know, the the Rangers-Pittsburgh series, I could kind of see going either way. I think you do have to be impressed with Pittsburgh, but I think I'm kind of concerned for Calgary ahead of Florida. Calgary, they can't seem to score. What, they got three goals in three games? Um, you know, their defense has been fine, but this is a team that had three 40-goal scores. Where are these guys? And I know Johnny Gaudreau had the breakaway chance late in the third to tie up. Would have been huge. Could have turned the series, but you're down 2-1. Dallas? You know, we saw them a lot here. I never thought they would be a team that would go past the first round, but I mean, they went to the cup final a couple of years ago. I think I'm underestimating the playoff experience. And you look at these teams that are ahead, Dallas, 
Washington and Pittsburgh, while they may not have been favorites, all of them do have previous playoff playoff experience. Dallas, again, cup final, Washington cup champion, a lot of the same guys and Pittsburgh as well. You know, the, the core of that team has won Stanley cups. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really shocked at Calgary more than, more than anything. Florida, I think you could can rate that off saying, you know what, they kind of never really done it, but Calgary, they steamrolled everyone. They had all these goal scorers. I, I'm really, I'm really surprised. And um, as far as who I like tonight, I mean, Calgary's minus 154, Florida, what, minus 182. I'd probably lean, lean Calgary there, but. Uh, uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if all three road teams won. I guess there's a good chance that one of these teams is facing elimination when they get back home in game five. We've seen many, many teams come back from three, one down. It's not like it's a complete death sentence, but um, you know, all, I, I think the Rangers in their predicament right now with the way Philly, uh, the way Pittsburgh is playing, you know, really need, but a win, but I would say maybe the Panthers the most, just considering they haven't won since 1996. They've had this great president's trophy winning season and, you know, could be out early and we've seen it happen over and over again. I do have confidence that the Flames get out there and get the job done tonight. Um, Flames, as you mentioned, minus 154. Dallas is plus 132. The uh, Panthers, a big favorite again, although the number's getting smaller as the series goes on and Washington keeps winning. Panthers minus 182 favorites. Caps, a home dog at plus 154. And the Rangers and the Penguins, a straight-up pick'em ream. Uh, minus 108 on either side. And uh, the Colorado Avalanche, the biggest favorite of the, of the day, on the road looking to uh, take care of the Preds quick and easy. Colorado's looking so dominant. I mean, absolutely incredible how much they can score, how deep their team is. Uh, for the Rangers, I've been actually enjoying that series. But we got to give a shout-out to Andrew Kopp, who keeps getting on the score sheet. He's fit very well in with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom, although who wouldn't fit in well with Artemi Panarin? Uh, so the guy is incredibly elite, and we'll see if uh, the Rangers, you know, they pulled uh, pulled Shesterkin. I'm sure he probably would have stopped that go-ahead goal on Saturday. Uh, Georgiev, you know, being put in relief, and the Rangers came back. I mean, what a game that was. So I, I agree with you. I, I will go with all the series to tie it up. I think Colorado uh, is going to take it tonight. I was thinking, like, can you imagine? I mean, there is a possibility that we could get to the end of this week and we could be having, and I'm not sure what days the Game 7s are scheduled for, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, there's been a couple times before when I think we've had three Game 7s on a day. I mean, we could have that on back-to-back days right now. Yes. And it's funny, we haven't had a ton of overtime. We've had a number of games that have sort of gotten a little out of hand later on. I mean, I love this style of play. I've really enjoyed the games. But there's nothing like Game 7 action. And, I mean, the writing's almost on the wall that we could have as much Game 7 action as we've had in the first round in years coming up at the end of this week. Yeah, I'm glad I got a, I got a multiple TV setup. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, you get the iPad out as well. You can do as many, many screens as you want these days. You know, you used to have to, like, actually plug in, you know, your cable box if you want a TV. Now, well, you got a computer, iPad. Thankfully, I got, what, the Bell and Shaw both have apps. You can just do it. You go on the website. You can do as many. It's out of control here. Uh, the screen technology that we have. Um, yeah, the one thing that's that's shocking to me, this Tampa-Toronto series, it's like every other game or every game someone's getting blown out, and here we are tied 2-2. Um, I don't know what to make of that. You know, the Leafs took us to Tampa. You think, oh, here we go. Leafs finally going to win. Tampa comes back with a blowout. Um, Leafs better win game five because Tampa doesn't lose two games in a row. The only no. way you can beat them is to have home ice advantage, have four games at home, 
and make that happen. I, I, I listen. I was on the Leafs on Friday night. Really liked the way they came out and played, and it was almost a foregone conclusion that Tampa was going to battle back. I, this series, that game tomorrow night, Game Five between the Leafs and and uh, um, uh, between the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning um, is going to be a huge test for Toronto. But um, I'll be honest, I really like the way they played for the majority of this series so far, and I like what Sheldon Keefe has done. I think the Leafs are going to have an answer. And as far as the Oilers last night, Remo, you know, they put up, what, 14 goals over two games uh, and then completely stoned by Jonathan Quick, who looked like the 2012 Jonathan Quick last night, not the current version 10 years later um that's going to be a series too and you said that right from the get-go don't write off the la kings bill denno he's he's elite uh you know we saw him last year firsthand shutting down the jets shutting down pretty much everyone on the way to montreal that was also carrie price too i know you look at the save percentage mike smith seems to be outplaying uh john quick but i thought the kings you know played a pretty strong game out shooting edmonton yesterday Edmonton's look good. Evander Kane, I mean, this guy's been dynamite for them. I wonder what kind of contract he's going to get. Zach Hyman looking like an excellent sign. And those two guys are the forward depth that they needed. But I feel like one of these Canadian teams is going to get disappointed. I'm not sure which one. And I'm not sure which one I want to see get disappointed more. Is it Leafs fans <laughs> who haven't won? The Oilers fans who are wasting career of a generational talent. At what point, it's very sad what's happening to Connor McDavid. Well, not they're quite. back. I mean, like since Woodcroft, and this is funny, yeah. we're speaking so much about Barry Trotz. The job that a relatively unknown Jay Woodcroft, along with Dave Manson, did with the Oilers was maybe the most uh, amazing 180 this season because they had a great start. They were the worst team in the National Hockey League for just about two months. Um, and then Woodcroft's turned them into a, a group that, you know, really has been firing on all cylinders. I mean, despite that loss last night notwithstanding. Uh, and it certainly seems to be a much happier group around there. So I don't know. I still think we have, if we are robbed of the battle of Alberta in round two, I will be so pissed off. Calgary's got to get it done. Edmonton's got to get it done. And albeit I did bet the lightning at the beginning of the series. I thought it was crazy that they were a significant underdog to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm coming around on the Leafs here. I would not be opposed to them winning this series and, you know, ending the 18-year drought. Although, let's face it, it does give us plenty oh. of ammunition when the Jets play well, the Leafs and pretty much every other fan base that goes up against Toronto. Uh, we, we would lose a lot as opposing fans. Uh, but, man, this is a good team with some great, great players. Would be neat to see them. But, then again, you could say the exact same thing about Tampa. The one thing about the Leafs is they lose these series in total spectacular dramatic fashion they like suck you in like you think this is it this is where they're gonna win like uh boston but when they had the lead and the other time against boston uh montreal up 3-1 last year and they completely fall apart and disappoint you um they're a, a real talented team we're seeing a lot you know seeing a lot of uh stuff on twitter now but john Tavares has got more penalty minutes than goals oh in this series and he's making 11 million. He'll that's, wear this one big time. I mean, that, if they lose and he mm -hmm. doesn't score, uh, that's going to be a miserable, miserable off season. And again, three years left on that deal at 11, a pop. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, then you just look at Nazem Kadri, what he's done in Colorado. I see some leaks in there. Hey, maybe we should have kept Kadri, even though <laughs> he got kicked out of a couple playoffs in a row, you know, he was on a great contract. Um, and I'm, he's actually a free agent, too, after this year. I wonder what he's 
he's going to get. But this Tavares deal, that seemed like it was a want, uh, not a need and their rebuilding cycle, but maybe he can turn around, score a couple big goals, get him on top 3-2, and he becomes a hero. I mean, you can flip it flip it uh, that quickly. Yeah. All about Toronto. Game 5 tomorrow in that series. So, uh, as we mentioned, uh, off night tonight for the Oilers and the... Um, uh, for the Oilers and the Leafs, but tonight, four games. Rangers-Pittsburgh at 6, Florida-Washington at 6. Uh, 8.30 starts or just thereabouts. Calgary at Dallas. Calgary trailing uh, 2-1, and of course, Colorado looking to finish off the Nashville Predators. Hey, before we go, I know there was a bunch of uh, huge events on the weekend. Uh, Bivol beating Canelo in the squared circle, huge fight. But Remus, tell me, I don't know, we're going to get into our picks at Assiniboia Downs coming up Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks. Tell me you saw the end of the Kentucky Derby. Oh, of course. That was absolutely Phenomenal. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And as someone that doesn't mind a wager, has spent quite a bit of time around the track, to see any horse come back the way Rich Strike did. But the fact that that was a replacement horse was the longest shot in the field. I texted Darren Dunn yesterday. He said, in the history of the Kentucky Derby, maybe the second or third biggest long shot. And the way he did it as spectacular, what a hell of a way to start the horse racing season. Yeah, and Mike McIntyre's got an article in the Winnipeg Free Press today. We can you know, maybe touch on it tomorrow uh, if we have time after talking about Barry Trotz for another uh, you know, 40 minutes. But uh, <laughs> there is some ties here uh, with, with Rich Strike's mother and Assiniboia down. So check that out in the Winnipeg uh, Free Press. I saw Rob Noakes, a big uh, horse racing uh, aficionado, and Chad also mentioning that. So. Um, Everyone, Matthew Jansen, Kentucky yeah. Derby final was incredible. Uh, Jeff Kabilis was in there. What a Kentucky Derby. Uh, <laughs> Earl James, Rich Strike was like me in a parking lot, zooming to an oh, empty space. Well, Earl that, obviously shops at, uh, shops at Costco. That overhead view is out of control, how he's navigating the traffic like Frogger, getting all the way to first. Uh, you never seen anything anything like that. Uh yeah, I mean, horse racing. We'll have to get into the next. Uh, we'll have to get Kurt's picks for the next one coming up. Well, and 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 uh, then of course the F one was in Miami on the weekend, and um, Max Verstappen won again. He seems to usually do it. But the funniest thing I saw on the weekend on on social media, and folks, check this out. Uh, Martin Brundle, who's like the famous English reporter, I guess he's walking through and doesn't know a lot of the American sports stars, and. Uh, uh, Paolo Banchero, who I believe is a basketball player, has uh, got a haircut a little bit like Mahomes. He's probably a good six, seven inches taller than him. Uh, and he starts interviewing him, calling him Patrick, thinking that he was interviewing Patrick Mahomes, which obviously went completely awry. So check that out. Uh, but man, overall, huge sports weekend, but not surprising that... Uh, Everyone's in here today talking about one thing and one thing only that's on the minds of Winnipeg Jets fans. And could Barry Trotz potentially be the next head coach of this team, come back to his home province and help turn this thing around? Uh, certainly won't be the last time we discuss that possibility on this program. Oh, man. Well, before I get to that, I do want to give a shot. I watched UFC 274. This Michael Chandler front kick knockout over Tony Ferguson, maybe one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen. Front kick under the chin, the screen, the pictures of it. I've uh, this face is getting smashed in, uh, very violent. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Charles Oliveira, uh, he didn't, Who he didn't, didn't make, make weight. Yeah. But dominated Justin Gathji. I think it doesn't affect his contender status, but he, 
He dominated. That was an awesome fight. Well, I mean, he lost the belt on the scale. So yeah. he's not the champion. He is now uh, the number one contender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe it was him calling out McGregor afterwards. He said, hey, if you want to give us a bit of time, I mean, he knows what's going to butter his bread. Does, go yeah. beat the hell out of Conor McGregor for an all-time record payday and then go get the belt back. Uh, but either way, lots going on. Mm-hmm. Even a WWE event last night. I'm sure Kabilis oh, yeah. and a few of the guys ba- were watching that so as well. So WrestleMania, I'm going to get this straight. It's not called Backlash anymore. It's WrestleMania Backlash. Exactly. I, I don't know. They have to put WrestleMania in so people are more interested. Is that It's the Backlash coming out of wrestlemania i guess I'm, that 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 would be their uh their branding strategy just uh, attach WWE. wrestlemania to any other pay-per-view and it'll boost subscriptions okay got it um <laughs> I, I see a lot of people in here if you're new i think like 30 percent of people who tune into this channel aren't subscribed so what are you doing hit the red button below Do us a favor folks hit that red yeah. button it's very easy and it's hit, free hit the thumbs up and yeah we'll be covering barry trots we've got updates coming in and keep track of what's going on who the islanders are going to go ahead with someone was telling us pierre lebrun tweeting updates that hold on where was it uh he this is what pierre lebrun tweeted 17 minutes ago barry trotz will take at least a week to collect his thoughts and ponder his next move will his nhl future future feature a management role somewhere or back to coaching tbd so we can speculate on that for the next week which is going to be great so yeah barry trots take as much time as you want before deciding to sign with the jets that's fine well and, and you know listen barry trots was a guy he used to check in on winnipeg by on 1290 and listen to us on the warm-up barry if you're spending your day wondering what's happening in winnipeg we're all freaking out we need you to get here consider the winnipeg jets come home barry come home back to manita manitoba and help get mm-hmm. this uh Help get this ship straightened out for uh, for next Winnipeg Jets hockey season. Um, great show today. By the way, uh, we've got just under 500 people still in here right now. Do us a favor, hit those thumbs up. Be nice to get up to 300 with the amount of people that we have in. And as Remus mentioned, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. And shout out to everyone that's been listening to the show on the podcast today as well. Um, huge numbers and a huge interest. And that's a great thing in the Winnipeg Jets, considering the season that they'd had. We weren't sure whether there'd be some apathy kicking in. So obviously people really care and are uh, intrigued and potentially excited at the prospect of uh, a Manitoba made man, Barry Trotz coming back here and helping get this thing going in the right direction. Great show today. Thanks to all of our sponsors including Cool Bet, Canadian Club, BP, Nick and Nicky DQ, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Breezy Bend, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, and Wallace and & Wallace. And uh, you know it's a big day, Remo, when we have the numbers that we have in here and we can send them over to Kenny and Rennie because, uh, what is this, an emergency K&R, Barry Trotz got fired edition coming up right now? Yeah, YouTube has this new feature, uh, live redirect. If you're on Twitch, it's basically a raid. So everyone who's here, um, they're going to automatically go to Kenny and Rennie after the show. I did a quick FaceTime with Sean and, and helped him. So, uh, yeah, everyone's talking about Barry Trotz. Um, it's cra- crazy. Yes. I mean, I thought we'd get a bit of a downturn after they didn't make the playoffs because we saw some huge playoff numbers last year. But no, again, last Monday, we've had great numbers all week. And there's so many people in here. Um, so we'll see. And I'm just seeing Barry in our chat in all, exclama- in all capitals with exclamation marks after. Come home. 
That's basically what everyone is saying. So we'll we'll be uh, we'll be stay tuned to see what happens. Yeah. Well, uh, listen. As I said, that would be uh, we've said it all uh, the last few months. That would be best case scenario. As of today, Barry Trotz is on the open market. As Pierre McGre- uh, Pierre Le- LeBrun had said, you know, has speculated that he might end up going to or might be looking interested in a management job. But hopefully he's got a few more years coaching and uh, then can move into a management job here with the Winnipeg Jets and live happily ever after as a hero oh. here in Manitoba. Sorry, well, actually, well, there's a couple of Jets. One Jets, uh, other uh, thing we didn't mention, Team Canada took their time, but they finally announced their roster for the Worlds coming up. You know, we had spec- or not, You know, we had hinted at this. Pierre-Luc Dubois is on the team. Adam Lowry is on the team. But what stands out is the number of players with ties to Manitoba, Hustler, aside from those. I see oh, Chris Jeter, Zach Whitecloud, um, Eric O'Dell, former Jet as well. There's a couple, uh, couple I'm missing here. Who's Morgan Sanheim. Geeky. Yeah, Geeky. Sanheim, one of them too. Yep. So there's, there's a bunch. So we'll tune in to Canada at the World. That starts Friday. Absolutely. And as we mentioned, uh, Nate Schmidt playing for the United States. And of course, Nikolai Ehlers playing for the Danish team. Hey, you know, just on the way out, I was talking to my brother on the weekend who went to a, uh, a funeral on the, on the weekend of a friend of his, Rowan Felix de Lima. And uh, Rowan was a guy that came from the Philippines to, uh, to Winnipeg when he was young. Absolutely fell in love with the Winnipeg Jets and was passionate about the Winnipeg Jets and lost a battle with cancer um, leading into, uh, you know, his passing. And um, he was just mentioning that the, uh, you know, as his request, um, his daughter, when, uh, you know, seeing, uh, seeing her, uh, um, her words at the funeral, finished it off with a Go Jets Go chant. And um, the Purple Hockey Fights Cancer jersey as well from the Winnipeg Jets was on display. So um, just want to give a uh, bit of condolences to uh, the family of Rowan DeLima. Sucks to lose a great Jets fan. We know the passion is there. And uh Certainly showing that it's there again today with all of you with us here in the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat. Um, we've got a big show tomorrow. Mike McIntyre will join us. We'll get more on Mike's thoughts on Barry Trotz's availability and more the aftermath of uh, the end of the season for the Winnipeg Jets going forward. And Terry Ryan, who is one of the stars of the Letterkenny spinoff Shorzy, which debuts on the 13th of May, will also come on the program. Really looking forward to having Terry on. Um, and we'll, of course, have more from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Another big night, four great games tonight, and huge game fives tomorrow in those series that got evened up yesterday. So, uh, folks, that's going to do it for us. Hop on over, see the fellas over at the KNR channel, see what they've got cooking for the next little while. Be more of the same, and make sure to join us right back here 1 p.m. live on YouTube in your podcast feed around 3.30 every afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to see so many new faces here as well. Come on back and do let's do it again tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.